industrial action. The protest is due to begin at 7 o'clock this morning, as Ewan Duncan reports. Unison Unite and the Royal College of Midwives are among the health unions on strike today. Their dispute is with the government over pay. NHS workers took strike action for the first time in 32 years last month. More unions are involved in today's protest, which Unison says won't affect critical areas such as accident and emergency departments. The family of a three-year-old girl who was run over and killed in Luton are raising money for an independent survey of Dunstable Road. Maya Shazad died after being hit by a bus in the Berry Park area of the town last August. The family's solicitor, Atik Malik, explained why the survey is important. So the real way to really make sure that for the sake of the wider community that there are no issues is to get an independent person who's not at all linked to the council in a way, has no um, relationship with them and no reason to side with them to give an independent report on what are the danger points, what are the safe points, are there any issues and how can they be addressed if there are any. Two of the UK's leading supermarkets are to change the way they display newspapers because of fears about children being exposed to sexual content. Tesco said its in-store news cubes would be redesigned so that only the newspaper mastheads can be seen, while Waitrose has announced it will change its displays to remove some front pages from children's lines of vision. It follows months of campaigning by campaign groups including Child Eyes and one of its co-founders, Cathy McGuinness. I first thought it was a problem when I was in a queue just queuing up to buy groceries and my older son who was four then was looking at a vertically displayed newspaper front cover with an upskirt shot of a woman and I just thought this is really wrong when you sort of see it through a child's eyes. In sport, Lewis Hamilton hailed the greatest day of his life after winning the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix to secure a second Formula One world title. The Mercedes man finished the season 67 points clear of his title rival and teammate Nico Rosberg in what he admitted had been a campaign of highs and lows. And the weather forecast frosty to start dry and sunny later with maximum temperatures today of 8 Celsius, 46 in Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thanks for turning up. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. Colourful local guests with great stories to tell and fantastic music for your afternoon. From three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From six. Three Counties Sport. With a look back at the weekend's action and taking a look at the grassroots sport across beds, hearts and bucks. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. You just done! What have you just done? What the what? Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Today we will be naming and shaming the MPs involved in the. Oh, hang on a second. No, we won't. Instead. Fancy a little bit of terrorist spotting? NHS are striking. And newspaper hiding in an item that's being labelled as kids' eyes. 08459 Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. What? At last, it's the song that I've asked for. We can skip the Michael Jackson song. Oh, we can come go. On. What? I put that in to show you who's really boss. 
Well, and then it turns out it's Cass. <laughs> well, it turns out it's me. Uh, I asked for this oh, song. Hang on. Hang I'll on. take it out then if you're the yeah. boss. Then you can find it. Well, you can find that. And Kelly, could you find that, please? And I know an excellent place to hide them both. Thank you. Mmm. Yeah. Mmm. Ah. Ah. No. It's bad enough we can hear Ready all together. Here we go. It's got something to do with uh, grot bags. Picture. <laughs> There's a picture of a dog. I'll punch you in the face. Drugs, prostitution, erotic party operations. Is it about a gap here? Morning, Ian. This is Kelly's nan. 
I'd like to ask you to stop getting on to her and insulting her over the radio. Because other people don't know her like we do and they think you mean it. So, unless you want me to come to see you personally, I would stop it. Morning! Who's awake now, guys? Huh? That's how to start a radio show. ACDC coming live into the studio later on. They're not! But that would teach you a lesson if they were. Now, onto the news, I suppose. Counter-terror police have launched a new campaign this morning to encourage the great British public, the good guys, to be their eyes and ears to look out for the bad guys. They want businesses, shopkeepers, to keep an eye out for terrorists. Nice idea. Except, I don't know what a terrorist look, looks like. And won't this kind of ramp up the air of suspicion that we live in? Our reporter, Matt Lockwood, who's quite a paranoid gentleman at the best of times, has been speaking to people in Aylesbury. So what do you think a terrorist looks like, then? Terrorist? Well, based on modern trends, I would say he um, looks a bit ethnic, um, probably got a beard. They're not stupid, so I should imagine they would actually try and integrate and make it look like they're a regular guy, so they wouldn't arouse suspicions. What do you think a terrorist looks like? Um, what would be the profile? Would they be tall or short? Uh, I would say in, be- in between. You can't really tell, can you, nowadays? Would they have a beard? Not necessarily. You know. How would they speak? Well, if they're homegrown, they might not necessarily have an accent, would they? What do you think a terrorist looks like, then? I mean, I wouldn't say a race no, of some no. sort, not like that, that because be it's anyone. all changing. Well, yeah, I mean, I always get suspicious if someone, I, I don't know, someone's looking shifty and yeah. they've got a rucksack or... Yeah. Like people lo- loitering around a shopping mall with a, with a rucksack and he's not doing yeah. any shopping and then that's what I call suspicious. At the end of the day, it could be could a woman, be it could be a man, it, yeah. it could be me, it could be my friend. It, don't it, know. You, you just don't know. Yeah. People, you know, they say, oh, it's a Muslim, it's it's this, it's that, Islamic. but it's it's not. It could be anyone. It, it, you know, it could be a white person, it could be a black person. They don't exactly advertise their stuff, do they, no. with billboards or anything? So no. how could the police expect us to be more vigilant? See, campaigning against it is just... This, this is going to stir trouble up even more. You know, like they keep bringing up about that uh, bomber. They're saying she's dead. Well, why say it if they haven't got actual proof? It's just stirring more trouble up. And I just think they should leave it. That's going to do nothing. Only stir more trouble. That's my opinion. Oh, I've got to say Yeah, really. and I, I totally agree with that. It's... And not all Islamics are the same. You can't tar everyone with her feathers. Because they think there's one, they treat them all like it. And this is just going to stir up more trouble. And that's how they miss people, because yeah, they're, they're, they're looking for a certain type, and they're, and the they're wrong. wrong. They are barking up they're the wrong tree, because, as I say, it could be anybody. And, you know, they expect it to be a Muslim, but no, I disagree with that. Best fox ever? Best vox ever? I think we should send that to Creature Comforts. <laughs> if, I know we have lots of talented people listening. If anybody wants to animate those two women um, more than they've been animated already, please do. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll put that whole package in the, um, the podcast. Can we get the last sort of 45 seconds where it's just those two women as well? Just those two and we'll play that out later on because that is brilliant, isn't it? Oh, can I yes. Where did Matt find those from? Justin did. has got... Just, well... Dini's got competition because that was awesome. Thank you, Matt. We'll have um, we'll have uh, a bit more of that later on. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It does beg the question, though: What does a terrorist look like? 
Could, could Someone be, not doing his shopping but having a backpack. If they got a backpack and they stood in a shopping centre and not doing their shopping, then, I mean, I would suggest that you have to report those people. They might probably got a beard. They might not, though. Might not, though. You're right, Kels. You described me up until the beard. Well. And then you started to describe Cam. I mean, she said... <laughs> <laughs> she said... Um, oh. Uh, it could be a man or a woman. Could, oh. be, could be that. Could be that lady there. Yeah, it could, it be. could be herself. Well, is, is she is she um, hiding in plain sight? Is she an is Islamist terrorist or any other kind of terrorist? Or those uh, those are the ones that are very popular at the moment. Currently, in the, they're, they're number one in the top ten of uh, terrorism. Uh, Kels, we'll put that whole thing in the podcast. Can we get like the last minute where it's just those two ladies talking, please? And we'll we'll play that out a bit later on as well. Yeah, you can tell me off air if you like. Or just told do it me on about air. three times on air. Or so. just do it on air. Okay, I can tell you off air if you want. Just the two women. Yeah. Yeah. No, Forty-five seconds. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Well, our tongues are slightly in our cheeks. Partly because I think the relevant authorities didn't want to come on the show this morning and talk about this the odd campaign. We should all be like just keeping an eye out for dodgepots anyway, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we? That's kind of our civic duty, not just terror. You know, everybody should kind of have a little eye open. But uh, uh, what do you think about this? Is it, is it nonsense? Is it going to work? What does a terrorist look like? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, morning. Uh, thankfully, most of the major routes are on the move all right. It's a very chilly start. M1 and M25, though, thankfully looking pretty good. The A414 looks rather busy on the approach junction 8 of the M1. And uh, there's a problem with flooding affecting trains. London Overground services are suspended between Watford Junction and Euston. The Bakerloo line suspended between Queen's Park and Harrow and Wildston. And Chesham Station on the Metropolitan Line's closed because of a signal failure. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Russell. The headlines this morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. All this week, counter-terrorism bosses are appealing for the public's help to combat extremism. And Thames Valley Police are launching a weapons amnesty this morning. It's cold, isn't it? BBC Three Counties Radio. do 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 Day from Luton. Good morning to you, David. So lovely to hear your dulcet, slightly thick tones. What have you got for us this morning? Good morning, boss. Very nice introduction, thank you very you much. You get a very nice introduction because you are a very nice deviant, David. Oh, thank you very much. You're very, very welcome. Cool, you're bright and sparky. Bright and, and sparky. I'm full of spunk, David. Oh, really? Yes, you see, oh. I've had a fantastic weekend and I've, I've, I, I've come back to work full of the joys of life. Right, do me a favour. Yes, David, you anything can... you want. Anything, you know, I don't know if you can do it, but this morning at the R5, I got out and I come outside in the back garden. What, for a wee-wee? No. There's nothing like having a wee in the garden first thing in the morning, is there? Well, I don't know, I've never tried. I weed, for those people, hang on, David, for those people struggling with frosty windscreens this morning, forget your de-icer spray, forget your scrapers, you know this, Catherine taught me this trick, do a wee-wee on the window. I did not teach you that trick. You taught me that trick, the warm wee-wee will... Crack your windscreen. No, well, cracks are involved, It it will melt the frost and allow you to drive away. Yes, yeah, you will well, have a stinky car. Oh, yes, but... 
Dave, I went uh, in uh, Ian's car last week. There was a I, strange aroma. I think I know what it might have been. Oh, yeah. I couldn't I well have managed that, Kath. Can try, yeah. try and describe the smell, David. Well, I don't know. Try and describe a smell. Go on. And it hard. Well, no, uh, you can't describe a smell, Yes, can you can. You? Yes, you can. Can you? Yeah, of course you can. Can you? What does Kenya smell like? Yeah, Kenya, yeah. Kenya. Uh, Kanye yeah, West? I, I, I what does he smell ra- like? No, I call on the radio. Mm, Kanye West. Oh, oh to put it in a bottle and sell it, Kanye West. Smells oh, of money. Oh, here we go. Put it in a bottle and sell it, Kanye West. Yeah. Oh, put it in a bottle and oh. sell it. Everybody yeah. want to smell it. <laughs> put it in a bottle and sell it, Kanye West. That's Mister. the song for his advert for his own aftershave. It's good, isn't it? It's a you good song. <laughs> I, even I didn't know where that was going. It made me chuckle. Oh. It made me chuckle, David. Well, David, oh. thank you so much for calling. No, I, hang on. I play the taxi journey when the weather chat has dried up after five minutes. I play your other half's really bad taste in TV. I play the first chance you've had to sit down since that customer. And I play ending up in the wrong queue at the supermarket every single time. BBC iPlayer, BBC Radio and TV, always there when you need it. It's the falling in love that's making me happy. It's the being in love that makes me cry, cry. Falling in love, got me falling in this but that don't mean that i don't know where we are and though i find myself attracted to you at this time i'm trying not to go too far because no matter how we start it is the same someone's always doing someone more trading in the passion for that taste of pain it's only 
Any bowl a pound, fresh fruit, come and get it. Any bowl a pound. Do you have my respect, boss, yeah? I don't want people making love while I'm talking. I've got a real passion for donkeys. Morning, guys. 08459 455 555. What is going on today? I think... Uh, am I right in thinking that the government finally legalised LSD? Because that's... I think... I'm sure there's something in my coffee this morning. Now, on to more serious issues, please, Catherine, if you could focus. And... Focus. Scene. Tesco is changing its newspaper displays in a bid to protect children's innocence. Adult magazines are already in modesty wrappers. If only some of the women who appeared in those magazines were. But now the Hertfordshire-based chain, Local and Vocal, is going to make sure that only the titles of newspapers can be seen. Waitrose is also moving them out of the line of sight of children. Isn't that right, Catherine? Yes. Why is Tesco doing this then? Follows months of campaigning by groups like Child Eyes and No More Page 3. The second bit is quite self-explanatory. Child's eyes, they're trying to protect. Child's eyes say that every day children are confronted with sexual images. On its website, it says shop windows and displays surround children with a wallpaper of sex sells media. The Sun, Daily Star and Sport regularly feature front pages showing semi-naked women in provocative poses. And awful knickers, usually. Child's eyes, that's my own addition. Child's eyes think that's helping children. And that's why they've been campaigning for this change. Here's what Cathy McGuinness from the group has to say. I thought it was a problem when I was in a queue just queuing up to buy groceries and my older son who was four then was looking at a vertically displayed newspaper front cover with an upskirt shot of a woman and I just thought this is really wrong when you sort of see it through a child's eyes what else have these do-gooders done they're not do-gooders they're right-minded people Previously, Child's Eyes has prevent- persuaded French Connection to take posters of young topless models out of their windows. Uh, they got a retailer to stop displaying pornographic T-shirts. What? And made the co-op stop displaying lads' mags prominently. That's a good Scooby impression. But there's an element of censorship, isn't there, about what um, Child Eyes is doing? Well, what you've said there is what the critics are saying. I know. I'm, I'm criticising them. They believe it will create more anxiety and fear for children around sex. And, and where do you draw the line? Do you start censoring billboards of women in provocative poses trying to flog as perfume, for example? Mm. Child's Eye says its campaign's not about censorship, though. The group argues that people can still buy any of the newspapers on display. And the Conservative MP Richard Bacon... Not that one. ...different hopes others will follow the supermarket's lead. This is not about restrictions on press freedom. It's absolutely not. And it's certainly not about preventing people buying the sort of material that they might want to buy. What it is about is children and protecting children from overt sexual imagery in a family-friendly environment. And it's very hard to see how a local newspaper vendor in a local village shop in a newsagent is going to change unless they see the big stores changing as well. What has uh, local firm Tesco had to say about this? Well, they might be local, but they're not very vocal, I'm oh. afraid. They've declined their invitation for an interview but in a statement they say they are a family retailer and it's important that they do everything they can to promote the right environment in store the change we're making will strike the right balance for everyone now the thing is when will when will these changes be made by tesco when will it be safe for me to take my children into a tesco supermarket well the company hopes that it will be safe for you to take your children into their stores um because of the new newspaper display units by february 2015 so not long if you can just um shop online for now yeah the government issued guidelines in 2012 that newspapers with sexualized covers should not be displayed where children 
children can see them following the Bailey Review. The Danny Bailey Review, yeah. This review found that exposure to sexualised and sexist imagery right. is damaging children's self-esteem and relationships. My tongue is in my cheek here because you, you've brought an air of, um, well, dismissive playfulness with you this morning, Catherine, and thank you for that. But as a father of young boys, I wholly support this. So do I, but I also think we shouldn't remove every element of... Um, the world, we, you know. Yes, we, we should. No, 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 because yes. I, no, I think well, that a lot of your job as a parent is explaining stuff to your children. I don't want to explain so, the front page of the Daily Sport or the front page of The Sun sometimes or the front page of Razzle. Well, I mean, hopefully they're not tall enough to see that, but... They can, they can look up. I don't know if you notice children's heads, they don't just move left to right, they also move up. But they're generally covered now, aren't they? No, not where I go and buy um, the milk and coffee for this show in the morning. It's a wonderful little news agent, but everything is on um, display. But maybe you should rethink your retail habits. Well, where else am I going to get my mucky mags from? <laughs> now, earlier on, you, you said that Kiss were a joke band. They are a bit, aren't they? What? Yeah, they're a bit like Black Lace. Sorry? Rocking. Whoa! Can I, can I introduce you to Strutter by the rock group Kiss? No, if you must.
joke band now, huh? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it's a chilly start. Thanks for not aware of any accidents. No major delays on the roads and the trains, though there's some flooding at Harlston that's left the London Overground service suspended between Watford Junction and Euston and the Bakerloo line suspended between uh, Queen's Park and Harrow and Wealdston. Plus, on the Metropolitan line, Chesham Station closed because of a signal failure. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. half past six with the headlines, I'm Barry Caffrey. Counter-terrorism bosses are appealing for the public's help to combat extremism. They're raising awareness this week through a series of events. Thames Valley Police have launched a weapons amnesty this morning. People can hand in illegally held guns and ammunition without facing prosecution. And more than 400,000 health workers are going on strike this morning in a second round of industrial action in a dispute over pay. The protest is due to begin at 7 o'clock. And the weather frosty to start dry and sunny later with a maximum temperature of 8 degrees Celsius. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton hailed the greatest day of his life after winning the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix to secure a second Formula One title. The Mercedes man finished the season 67 points clear of his title rival and teammate Nico Rosberg in what he admitted had been a campaign of highs and lows. I think Spa was even lower than Silverstone, but uh, it had a different kind of impact on me. You know, when you have, when you make the mistake, it's a painful feeling in a different way. Uh, obviously, when it's not your fault and you lose out, then it's painful because it's not, you feel helpless, you know. You're kind of kicking yourself when you make the same. And obviously in Silverstone, I, that's what I was doing. I went home and came back the next day. The support was phenomenal. The Liverpool manager Brendan Rodgers has accepted responsibility after a 3-1 defeat away at Crystal Palace. Liverpool are now 18 points behind Premier League leaders Chelsea. Rodgers admits his side are lacking experience but refused to blame them. Players finding the freak here playing for Liverpool and then maybe not getting the results. Uh, to give you that confidence, especially if you have a new player coming in, then, then it can be difficult. But, uh, but as I said, it's, it's my responsibility, you know, to to put a team out that, that can win and, uh, and at the minute I'm not doing that. Elsewhere, Tottenham have moved into the top half of the table after they came from behind to beat 10-man hole 2-1. The former Arsenal striker Ian Wright says it's getting to that time when Arsene Wenger should think about leaving the club. Meanwhile, Saturday's defeat to Manchester United left Arsenal 15 points behind off-leaders Chelsea. And there is one game in the Premier League this evening as Aston Villa hosts second-placed Southampton. Watford lost for the third match in a row in the Championship, going down 2-1 to league leaders Derby. MK Dons are up to fourth in League One as they beat Port Vale. Wickham moved back to the top of League Two above Luton as the Chairboys beat Cheltenham. The Hatters lost at Burton. And Stevenage boss Graham Westley was unhappy with some of his fans as they lost 1-0 at Northampton on Saturday. Westley was frustrated with how some of the away supporters reacted. There were a couple of guys who were being very rude, um, insulting. I've got family who sit there and, you know, they're being very rude, obscene and talking to me in a, in a disgusting way. So I went across to them to remind them that they need to be respectful. And I hope the, uh, the people responsible are, are made to pay for it. 
And in rugby union, Bedford were beaten by Cornish Pirates in the Championship yesterday by 65 points to 14. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at 7 o'clock. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Line one. Terrorists are ginger with a beard. They don't exactly advertise their stuff, do they? With billboards or anything. So how could the police expect us to be more vigilant? See, campaigning against it is just... This this is going to stir trouble up even more. You know, like they keep bringing up about that uh, bomber. They say she's dead. Well, why say it if they haven't got actual proof? It's just stirring more trouble up. I just think they should leave it. That's going to do nothing. Only stir more trouble. That's my opinion. I've got to say yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. It's and not all Islamics are the same. You can't tar everyone with earth feathers because they think there's one, they treat them all like it. And this is just going to stir up more trouble. And that's how they miss people because yeah, they're, they're, they're looking for a certain type and, they're, they're, and they're wrong. They are barking up they're the wrong tree because, as I say, it could be anybody. And, you know, they expect it to be a Muslim, but no, I disagree with that.
and breathe. Morning. That chick can wail. Hey, Tia Carrera. It's rock morning, we've decided. Yeah, apart from the Michael Jackson. Yeah. Which was a, a blip. How women with sexy voice really are sexy, says Ben Endley. <laughs> B. Endley. Those sultry female tones breathed down the line by a mysterious stranger have kindled the hint of passion in many a hot-blooded male. That's the opening line to a news story. He sounds like he has prior experience. But hang on a minute. Is she as good-looking in the flesh as her sexy voice would have you think? No, you have a mathematical formula for this, don't you, Well, Catherine? not me. My copper mate says, uh, nice on the, st- on the phone, add a stone. Si- only one. Scientists believe they have found evidence to prove women... Scientists. Which scientists? The evil ones. Pervologists. Scientists believe they have found evidence to prove women with sexy voices really are more likely to have attractive facial qualities such as high cheekbones, softer jawlines and fuller lips. I can tell you now that that is completely and utterly nonsensical. We all know if this person is hot on the phone, man or woman, they are going to be, unless it's me... Uh, they're going to be a chuffer in real life. They're going to be hideous, aren't they? Um, We've all made that mistake where you, you kind of strike up a relationship with a, a, um, someone on the telephone, then you go to that place of, of work to, I don't know, deliver a package, uh, you know, and uh, you, you see a really ugly person and you go, yeah, I'm looking for um, uh, Denise, who's been answering the phones. Yes, that's me. Oh, dear. <laughs> I was once called to an interview with a radio station boss just because he wanted to see what he looked like. Oh, what? And he thought I was going to be massive and blonde. You got one of them, right? Hey! <laughs> Hey, steady on, fellas. Uh, 08459-455-555, by the way. What's in your newspaper? Little Delaney Templeton is in my newspaper. He's from Sunderland. Yeah, oh, I just crushed a plum. Yes. Oh, dear. He was looking forward to his first school photograph. No, he wasn't. Kids hate those. No. But the three-year-old was banned from the lineup with his classmates. Why? Because his hair was deemed too short. He's got one of those kind of shaved all the way, all the way around the sides and long on top kind of wartime haircuts that are all in at the moment. When his mother, Julianne Yates... hundred years, isn't it, since that haircut was invented? When... <laughs> That's what we've been commemorating, isn't it? Yeah. When his mother, Julianne Yates, 28, questioned the headmistress, she said his short comb-over style... Broke school rooms rules on extreme haircuts. I was furious, said Julianne from Sunderland. He's had the same hairstyle since he started nursery in September and the school's never said it was inappropriate. <laughs> Shall I carry on? No. There's been several of these stories yeah. recently. And, and in the pictures, they always look all right. But that's because I think they've allowed the hair to grow out a little bit. I think a bit. Look, if you've got to be using the clippers... <laughs> You know it's an extreme hairstyle. Steering from the clippers. I, um, have you finished? I quite like saying clippers. 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 Stevie from The X Factor has been booted out. Now, I don't watch X Factor. Which is Stevie? Because I don't know. Well, if is you he don't, the one with the eyes? He's the one, if you don't, do you watch X Factor, Kells Bells? No. No, she don't. I well, watched a tiny bit of it once. It's, it's silly, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I've posed. I don't know who Stevie is, but I've tweeted a picture of me doing the impression <laughs> of Stevie. <laughs> is that him, the one with the eyes? Yeah, yeah, that's the fella. He's out, and apparently there was a, a flurry on the internet last night. I've tweeted at Ian Lee if you want to see my impression of Stevie. <laughs> Bearing in mind, I've only ever seen one picture of the guy. Don't let your children see it, and don't no. let them anywhere near the sellotape. Don't play with sellotape. But the, the reason I'm looking at the picture of Stevie is because in this corner of the newspaper, men love DIY jobs. Do they? Really? Because I end up doing... D-Y-F? Do they flip? That doesn't even make sense. (laughs) It wouldn't be D-Y-F. It'd be D-T-F. But never mind. 
cross over. Men got most pleasure from success at DIY, a study has found. Have they not... Hang on, what do they mean like building DIY? A total of 36% said it was a great joy when a task works out. Hang on, that's 36%. That's less than half. Fixing an item came second in men's 40 most satisfying things in life. Shut up! After, what, um, women, bubble wrap? Women put a money find top. A what? Women put a money find top. Sorry? <laughs> women put a money find top. Again? I need the toilet. Women put a money find top. What does that mean? Women put a money find top. They're just a load of words that you put together. <laughs> it's a sentence. Do they mean finding money? Women put a money find top, then cooking something great. Because I was thinking, I haven't got a top, a money find top. Moldable. <laughs> top and it's got a lot of money find. So the top ten, men's top ten, right, in reverse order. <clears throat> these, are, I don't know what this is a top ten of, though, of satisfying things. things. Right. Number ten, getting an unexpected parcel. Oh, I got more points on my licence this weekend. I'm up to nine now. What do I win? Number ten, getting an unexpected parcel. You win a taxi. Number nine, <laughs> opening jars after others have failed. That's a good one. That is satisfying. Yeah, yeah but they've obviously loosened it. Shut up. Wake, waking up, number eight. Waking up thinking it's a work day, but realising it's a weekend. This is good. Work weekends. Number seven, putting furniture together without help. I'm all right. Number six, the sixth most satisfying thing for a man is popping bubble wrap. And woman. Popping woman? Popping women. Bubble wrap. <laughs> Number five. My kids call them pop pops. <laughs> My kids That's call something else yes. pop pops. <laughs> Are you me today? I think so. Either, uh, either I'm you or you're me. <laughs> Digital divs. <laughs> Number five, cooking something great. Number four, getting TV quiz answers right. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's a good one. Yeah, only if it's university challenge, though. Number three, finding money. Number two, fixing something. And number one, man's top most satisfying thing is DIY working out. Yeah. Is this sponsored by B&Q? Women put a money find top. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm just looking at the speed sensors, Ian. I can see the M1 looking slow southbound now at Junction 10, the Luton Airport turn, and the A1M looking rather slow southbound in the Stevenage area. Uh, train service is also uh, disrupted. Uh, this is because of flooding. So London Overground suspended between Watford Junction and Euston, and the Bakerloo line suspended between Queen's Park and Harrow and Wealdstone. We've got the Metropolitan line suspended too now. There's a signal failure that's suspended between Chalfont and Latimer and Chesham with severe delays between Rickmansworth and Amersham and uh, Chesham Station currently closed on the Metropolitan Line because of that signal failure. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Russell. Big up yourself. In the privacy of your own home. 6.45. It is Monday the 24th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. All this week, counter-terrorism bosses are appealing for the public's help to combat extremism. And some health workers are going on strike this morning in a second round of industrial action in a dispute about pay. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgine. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Hello there. Well, a chilly start to today with some fog and frost patches around. But actually, it turns out to be quite a pleasant one with uh, fairly autumnal weather. Quite bright, largely dry, temperatures reaching about 8 degrees Celsius. And tonight, we've got a clear start to the night. More of that fog and frost developing, probably more widespread than it was last night, with temperatures down to close to freezing. And tomorrow, a fairly cloudy day tomorrow, or much cloudier anyway. That fog may linger in the morning and cloud increases as we head through the day. Still some sunny spells around. It does look like it should stay dry during daylight hours, but we've got outbreaks of rain feeding in from the channel, probably seeing that after dark. Temperatures up to about 8 degrees Celsius tomorrow. Now Wednesday we've got patchy rain. Well, Thursday still some light rain and drizzle around, but it's looking drier for Friday, but becoming more breezy. That's your latest forecast. Tomorrow night, Three County Sport is live from Stadium MK. Fadzine flicks it on and it's gone in and it's Anthony Kay. As MK Dons host Rochdale. Now Deli Alley with a shot into the net. Hear all the build-up. Lee Hodgson's back on the bench today. He can play ten minutes. Danny Green can play half an hour. He's back on the bench. Full match commentary and all the reaction at the final whistle. As a centre forward, you want to score goals, you want to be involved in. I've got two goals and one assist, so I'm double pleased. Three County Sport. Tomorrow night from 7, here on BBC Three Counties Radio.
the mushy peas. One of them came up against me, I couldn't touch it, I was shocked. a sound with no one knowing all i can see is this hole in the ground somewhere to hide but i want to be found but where can i stand now all the ice is melted i fall behind it's not as if you would remember if i get back i find something to lose i know i'm lost and it's all i do and you might be the first to know And we're not on our own You're by my side And you know I've got your cover And I see a girl She's the first to know How far my love will go Still she pushes it on and on Was that rubbish you were playing? It was a track of your um, long visit to the toilet. I'm not a well man. I'm not a well man. Daily. Oh, I'm not wow. a well man, Justin. I wonder what was going on there. Two in a row. Who are you, Hart? Today's <laughs> better music mix. No, we're not those losers. I say losers. They get significantly more listeners than we do, but still, they're losers. Yeah, but have you seen their listeners? Have you seen them? Yeah, I have. Yeah, exactly. They're really ugly. Yeah. Whereas our listeners are beautiful, they aren't are. you, David? Excuse me? You're beautiful, aren't you? <laughs> what are you bringing me on for? When you talk about that ugly? No, we just... Oh, for flipping no, out. We're talking about right. devastatingly handsome, Dave. That's not very nice talking about Justin that way, is it? Hey! Oh. He took ownership of the dealie! <laughs> Leave it out, Dave. Have a show. <laughs> I'm just going to one, pal. Mm, good. Right, what do you uh, want? Oh, can you roll me back up? What are you three... Well, even Justin, what are you four on? Yeah, uh, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks for listening, Dave. What do you want? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and ring you up this morning about a, a bright star in the sky Whoa. over the west A, over the west, that was all green and orange. It was flickering away. Hello? Should we follow it? Well, uh, it's that time it's, of year. It's getting right now. You've missed it now, haven't you? Can I make one point here? Dave, you've got the cheek to say, what are we on, after what you've just said there? Look, listen, Mr. Dealey, have a look outside. I'm outside now. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking into the sky. What what, what, no, what you, looking for? No, you can't see it now. Oh. Dave, Dave. What now? Was it, it could have been Uranus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, your, your anus is quite big. Uh, yeah, your anus will be quite big in a minute. Your highness? Yeah. OK. I think it might have been the 605 from Fwanky Roller. Yeah, Dave, it's, it, Dave, listen, give us a call again tomorrow, yeah? OK, thank you. Sorry, Justin, no idea what was going on yeah, there. Yeah, It was Dave. It was Dave, wasn't it? Dave just being Dave. Dave just being Dave. There's a story in the papers we wanted you to have a little probe of. Can yeah. I just say, can I just say... Um, uh, uh, Lewis Hamilton 
he's he's won the Grand Prix, the world's Grand Prix, for the second time in the row. He said, right, get this, Justin. He mm. said, it's the best day of his life. Yeah. He's gone to bed with a pussycat doll. He has. And winning a race is the best day of his life. He's doing something wrong, isn't hey, he? Listen, I went to his old school to meet him years ago. He's actually a really, really nice bloke. He's not arrogant at all. And yesterday, nice to see Nicole there as well. She's kissing his helmet. She, yep, she kissed his helmet. That was nice to see live on TV. Catherine. Yes. But if that's the best day of his life and he's going out with yeah. her, he's doing something wrong. Yeah, but he's a Formula One champion. He's got that. That's in the bag. Next thing, <laughs> Grand Prix. <laughs> what, what I would say to him is, cheer up just a little bit during these interviews because you're a, you're a champion, you've got a pussycat doll girlfriend. Hey, come on, Lewis, life is good. Cheer up. Catherine. Yes. Dad left daughter, aged two, in car for ten minutes and it nearly cost him his family. Um, a couple were told that their five children could be taken away by social services because the dad left their two-year-old alone in the car for five minutes. Mm. This is a story in the Daily Mail and in a number of other papers today. And they're talking about Julie and Jim Haynes and saying that they came within a hair's breadth of losing their children after he left their daughter whilst he popped to buy Calpol at the chemist's. He returned to be confronted by two police officers who told him he should not have left the toddler in the car. Oh, this is tricky because I'm not a parent, but um, listening to that, what I would say, that that is wrong. If I had children, I would not be leaving my children in the car unless I could see them. For example, a petrol station, somewhere like that. (laughs) I would do the same thing. I've done the same thing. If the boys are in the back of the car and I can persuade them to stay or they're asleep, I will go and pay for the petrol as long as I I, I can see uh, them constantly. I wouldn't go go around the corner. I wouldn't pop in to the shop and I wouldn't go for 10 minutes. I think it's wrong. I'll take that to the streets and um, something else I'm taking to the streets later oh, is yeah. Tesco. Goody Two Shoes Tesco saying, don't worry guys, you can come mm. into our shops and uh, all of the naughty magazines, they're going to be covered up so your children can't see them. I've been into a Tesco this morning for market research purposes. It took me five minutes to find Zoo magazine. Uh, this month it's the ultimate Jodie Marsh edition. Oh why Lord, sh- again? Why should I be paying the price? It's taken me five minutes to look for a magazine I'm an innocent man who wants to buy Zoo magazine. What have I done wrong? There's nothing innocent about you, Dealey, for God's sake. There is. Lots. Thank you, Justin. Speak to you later. Cheers, boss. Superfan Teresa Young has been to 331 shows by her favourite comedian. Guess who it is? Um, McIntyre. No. Um, funnier. Chubby Brown. Not quite as funny. Um, Davidson. Jethro. Three, no, Davidson. Jim Dav- 331 Jim Davidson shows. Good grief. She's averaged nearly 10 gigs a year since first seeing Jim in 1979 and plans to be at the comics next show in Surrey next month. That's normal. Teresa, 53, of Cardiff, says, Jim is the... What's the Welsh accent? Jim is the best comedian in the world. Is a word. No. I live in Wales. I live in Wales. Jim is the best comedian in the world. He is also the most loving, caring and nicest man I've ever met. Oh. You tell that to his first five wives. Teresa revealed Jim, 60, had helped her cope with cancer. Ooh. She added, I'm from Wales, I'm from Wales. Jim is my rock. Mean, like as a carer? Jim is my rock. He cheers me up no end. He keeps me going. Right. Well, nice little twist. You right, Kels? <laughs> Good at accents, isn't it? Yeah, you are. Thank you, mate. I have to keep looking up to check it's you. Yeah, I know. And today would not be complete if we didn't cover this story. Oh, yeah, go on. A heavily pregnant woman, her partner, caught... Um, trying to induce themselves while waiting to be induced. Couple were discovered by a cleaner. Discovered. Oh, where did I leave my mop? Not there. The couple were discovered by a cleaner who heard noises coming from a private room on the maternity ward. The clue's in the title. Private yeah. room, please knock. The not, worker not before to- entering. <clears throat> Let's hope he did. 
The worker told hospital bosses, wow, won't adopt them in, but was informed there are no rules against having sex on the ward at St Michael's Hospital in Bristol. They, they encourage it. Just in case it. you were wondering. They encourage it. In Bristol? The, the Bristol so City. How, how would they sound, Ian? <laughs> no. They, no, they no. encourage it. When, if, this is a fact, yes. OK, and you should know this. I do. You are told if your baby is late, either have a curry or have it off. My babies were both 10 or 11 days late. What did you have? Gel frezzy. Travel news for beds, hards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, M1 is looking very slow southbound around Junction 10 at Luton Airport. The A1M uh, queuing south around the Stevenage area and also now between Junctions 4 and 3 southbound, so in the uh, sort of area just south of Hatfield. And I'm told there's a report of an accident along that stretch, uh, which could be why uh, that's looking so bad. The M25 beersing up now around Junction 21, going anti-clockwise past Junction 20, so the M1 past Kings Langley. And very slow on the A405 on the roundabout off Junction 21A at uh, Brickett Wood. London Overground's got severe delays between Watford Junction and Euston and the Bakerloo line suspended Queen's Park to Harrow and Wildston Metropolitan line suspended Chalfont and Latimer to Chesham Russell Holding BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Russell What does a terrorist look like? And other fun things coming up Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks This is BBC Three Counties Radio It's seven o'clock, I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, counter-terrorism campaign launched, NHS workers go on strike and Grace's Day for Lewis Hamilton. BBC Three Counties Radio. New measures designed to counter what security officials say is the increasing threat of terrorist attacks in Britain will be outlined in a speech by the Home Secretary this morning. Yesterday, Britain's most senior officer, the Metropolitan Police Commissioner, Sir Bernard Hogan Howe, disclosed that four or five plots had been foiled this year. These people in Aylesbury think the onus should be on the police to tackle terrorism. They don't exactly advertise this, do they, with billboards or anything? So how could the police expect us to be more vigilant? See, campaigning against it is just... This this is going to stir trouble up even more. You know, like they keep bringing up about that uh, bomber. They're saying she's dead. Well, why say it if they haven't got actual proof? It's just stirring more trouble up. Thames Valley Police are launching a weapons amnesty this morning. People can hand in illegally held guns and ammunition without facing prosecution. A similar amnesty ended in Hertfordshire last week with nearly 200 weapons handed in. Hospitals in the three counties face disruption today as several unions take industrial action. The protest started a minute ago. Ewan Duncan reports. Unison Unite and the Royal College of Midwives are among the health unions on strike today. Their dispute is with the government over pay. NHS workers took strike action for the first time in 32 years last month. More unions are involved in today's protest, which Unison says won't affect critical areas such as accident and emergency departments. The family of a three-year-old girl who was run over and killed in Luton are raising money for an independent survey of Dunstable Road. Maya Shazad died after being hit by a bus in the Berry Park area of the town last August. The family solicitor, Atik Malik, explained why the survey is important. 
So the real way to really make sure that for the sake of the wider community that there are no issues is to get an independent person who's not at all linked to the council anyway, has no um, relationship with them and no reason to side with them to give an independent report on what are the danger points, what are the safe points, are there any issues and how can they be addressed if there are any. Two of the UK's leading supermarkets are to change the way they display newspapers because of fears about children being exposed to sexual content. Tesco said its in-store news cubes would be redesigned so that only the newspaper mastheads can be seen, while Waitrose has announced it will change its displays to remove some front pages from children's lines of vision. It follows months of campaigning by campaign groups including Child Eyes and one of its co-founders, Cathy McGuinness. I first thought it was a problem when I was in a queue, just queuing up to buy groceries, and my older son, who was four then, was looking at a vertically displayed newspaper front cover with an upskirt shot of a woman, and I just thought, this is really wrong, when you sort of see it through a child's eyes. Lewis Hamilton hailed the greatest day of his life after winning the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix to secure a second Formula One world title. The Mercedes man finished the season 67 points clear of his title rival and teammate Nico Rosberg in what he admitted had been a campaign of highs and lows. And the weather forecast, dry and sunny later today with a maximum temperature of 8 degrees Celsius. That's 46 in Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. Colourful local guests with great stories to tell and fantastic music for your afternoon. From three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From six. Three Counties Sport. With a look back at the weekend's action and taking a look at the grassroots sport across beds, hearts and bucks. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I've had a terribly itchy head the last six months. Any ideas, Kath? Um, nits. Hey. Would you um, check me? Can you check? Sorry? Could you check me for nits? Yeah, of course I can. Up and down? Yep. Thank you. No, you haven't got any. Thanks very much. Lots on the show this morning. Um, 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 Should we have a little chitty chat about what it is? Terrorist spotting, NHS striking, and mucky newspapers and adult magazines and lads mags being hidden. As a father of two young boys, I think it's a good idea, really. Justin thinks these people are do-gooders. Wagwan! 08459 four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's one of those things that um, I, I, I guess it changes as you get older and when you have kids. You've got two young girls, Catherine. I don't suppose you um, particularly enjoy them seeing things like... Um, is, I don't think nuts is going... Zoo, nuts, or the, I don't know what Actually, they are Actually, I see anymore. it as a, an educational opportunity. What, readers' wives? To just say, look, some women do that for a living, you don't have to do that. Flip it. Re- re- do your homework and read some books. So, hang on a minute. 
So you don't mind the fact that you can go into a, a newsagent's or a petrol station and you can see boobies and sometimes Wang Chung as well. You can see... <laughs> you cannot Sometimes. Well, you can see, you can see bums. Yeah. You well, can everyone's see... Everyone's got one. Let's not be prudish about it. Wow, really? Mm-hmm. You're totally surprising me about this. Really, Why? Because I would have thought that... You, why would you want your girls' minds to be polluted? I don't want them to, but that's the way the world is. No, so it's what not... I do is arm them against it Changed... by, uh, by admitting that it happens. Gosh, you're like... Um, uh, uh, no, hang on. You're, uh, I'm like ISIS. I'm saying change the world. Yeah, and I'm being progressive and saying this is the way it is, oh, girls. Oh, flippin' heck. Do you so if I brought in a lo- to like it? If I brought in a, c- a copy of um, Escort and Razzle and Men Only and just put them around here... Oh, that's different. Why is that different? Because that is doing something... That's going out of your way to confront them with it. This is just... This is just the wallpaper of life. Gosh. I didn't know you were a bad mother. Nor did I. Until just now? I don't think I am. No, I think... Kath is... Generally, when we have these arguments, okay... Um, you come down on the side of Catherine. You can't today. You actually can't. You're not a bad mum. You're a brilliant mum. You're, you're going to bring one of your girls in, aren't you? Yes. Is that happening? Yeah, I'll bring her in. <laughs> in Sweet. January, I've got a day off. Yay! Where better to be than at work? Than at work. Uh, you're not a bad mum at all. You're brilliant. But, you, you, but I don't believe in you're wrong um, on this. pretending things don't happen. Well, no, but, you, but, but, but I don't want those images forced on the boys, forced on my They're children. They're forced. They're just there. If they ask a question, I give them as much information as they need at this point in their lives. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five. Double five. It's like swearing. Sorry? People swear around them. They yeah. hear it. And if they ask me what it is, I will tell them. And then I'll tell them why they shouldn't say it. I don't think it is like swearing. I think it's completely different from swearing. Really? I yeah. think that's kind of sexually aggressive. Um, no. Okay. No, it isn't. Because swearing is, uh, uh, is language. It's words. We're encouraging them to use words and realise that different words have different impacts. And some words have a very strong impact. And some words, you know, I don't buy into this that they're naughty words, but just some no, words are in it. When it's appropriate. Isn't when it? it's appropriate. Uh, but for them to see, some of these covers are, are very explicit. Yeah. But the most explicit ones are in these modesty, modesty rappers now, aren't they? Not all of them. I mean, you look at the front page of the sport, uh, or you look at some of the some of these uh, lads magazines. is a lazy term, but mm-hmm. I'm being a bit lazy this morning. You look at the front of those, some of those. It is uh, it, it is uh, sexualising the body mm-hmm. for young people when they don't need to know about that stuff. But it's happening. So why don't we take the power out of it by addressing it? I wait four five nine four double five five double five. Great, great chat there. Thanks. Great, great, great talky bit. Well, uh, it's what I think. No, I know it's what you With think. My mind. Wow, I thought you were told to leave that at home. Mm. Thank you. Now this week we're being asked to report anyone who we think might be a terrorist. Counter-terrorism awareness week is about making us understand the threat and be vigilant to things that are out of place or suspicious and report it to the police. It also requires businesses to check that their security measures are effective and to train their staff to detect potential threats and, if necessary, respond to an attack. Well, these people in Aylesbury think it shouldn't be up to the public to keep an eye out for terrorists. They don't exactly advertise their stuff, do they, no. with billboards or anything? So no. how could the police expect us to be more vigilant? See, campaigning against it is just... This, this is going to stir trouble up even more. You know, like they keep bringing up about that uh, bomber. They're saying she's dead. Well, why say it if they haven't got actual proof? It's just stirring more trouble up. And I just think they should leave it. That's going to do nothing. Only stir more trouble. That's my opinion. That's all I've got to say. Yeah, really. and I, I totally agree with that. It's... And not all Islamics are the same. You can't tar everyone with earth feathers. Because they think there's one, they treat them all like it. 
this is just going to stir up more trouble. And that's how they miss people, yeah, because yeah. they're, they're, they're looking for a certain type, and they're, barking up and the they're wrong. Tree. They are barking up the, barking wrong up the wrong tree, because, as I say, it could be anybody. And, you know, they expect it to be a Muslim... But no, I disagree with that. I'd love your thoughts on this, dear listener. Do you think it's a, it's a good idea this this uh, campaign? And how would you spot a terror? I don't know what suspicious activity is. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We can speak to former chief constable of Thames Valley Police, Peter Nero. Good morning again, Peter. Good morning. Uh, what do you think about campaigns like this? Well, I think they're they're absolutely essential. I think the timing. Uh, I'm not sure they've actually kind of set out what the timing is, but there's an awful lot going on in the rest of the world at the moment, uh, and you, you want, we're no longer, never, never have been for quite some time, insulated from those events. But we're running into Christmas, which is, you know, for the point of view of, the, of ISIS, it's the big Christian festival, and then immediately after that, we're running into a general election. Those are two very vulnerable moments. So I think the, the purpose of this campaign is, is fundamentally to raise the public's awareness running into those two events. What are we supposed to be keeping an eye out for? Back in the day, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm glor- you know, the, the, the aggrandising the days of the IRA, but mm-hmm. y- you were kind of looking for, for um, rucksacks or bags left, uh, left unattended, weren't you? Now it's not as simple as that, is it? Well, it was a bit more than that. Um, I mean, you were looking for activity that didn't fit or um, 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 people who didn't fit and behaviour that didn't fit uh, the normal normal process. It didn't, you know, it didn't always uh, get spotted, but quite a, quite a lot of the, the the information that started you down that trail came from somebody uh, saying saying to the police, I'm, you know, there's something going on. I'm not happy about it, and that type of information does matter. Uh, and, it, and I agree with, the, with some of those, um, some of the vox pop from your street. It, it, getting away from the stereotypes uh, really matters, and just just thinking when, when something doesn't fit. Is this going to create um, uh, more fear or, or more division among different communities? I'm not sure that I'm not sure that fear is the word. It, it, it's about being realistic. Suspicion, um, then, perhaps, is a better yeah, word. Yeah, but you, it is about being realistic. You only have to look at what's, for example, going on in Israel at the moment with people driving cars at pedestrians and stabbings and uh, bombings in synagogues to realise that the you know in a place which had actually had relatively peaceful uh, period, the, the 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 threat has escalated now. But Israel's not the UK, but the UK is very definitely in the front line of some of these activities. Uh, and what sort of things should we be looking for, Peter? Because I mean, I, I've been kind of scratching my head, and I don't quite know what I would consider suspicious. Well, uh, I mean, you have to think about the type of places that are that are potentially vulnerable. So, uh, the very obvious one at this time of year, in the in the in the run up to Christmas, is going to be the big public spaces, town centres, and uh, and shopping centres. And, and there, the, the police are trying to trying to get the message across, particularly to to security personnel whose job it is, and to those responsible for our security in those spaces to look out for uh, things, things and, and behaviours. People, as you said, people leaving rucksacks and leaving material, parking vans in odd places, those type of things that might just give you a clue to something going on. Part of my concern about this, I, I remember my first few times on the tube after the uh, 7-7 bombings, and uh, th- th- they were quite tense. Yeah. Uh, but we saw people um, being suspicious of young Asian men who had rucksacks. Yes. And kind of, it, 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 for a while, for, there were a few instances of uh, it, it actually being quite aggressive being in those environments. 
Yeah, no. The, 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 as with the, as with all these things, there has to be there has to be some balance. Uh, and I, like you, I was on the underground the day you know, when the days after that event, and it did make you feel nervous. Uh, but nevertheless, I think the police are right to try and raise the, raise the public's uh, concerns. The difficulty, of course, is this balance between giving very precise information, mm. which, frankly, if you've got it, you should be going out and arresting people, uh, and giving and getting general uh, awareness raising. But I mean, the focus of this campaign is is also on those who are responsible for protecting us when we're in those environments. That's an, it's both of those things, not just on the public. Peter, always good to get your thoughts on things like this. Thank you very much indeed. Former Chief Constable of Thames Valley Police, Peter Nayrud, uh, 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 always uh, uh, has something interesting to say. Your thoughts, please. Uh, do campaigns like this work? What would you What would you say? And if you thought your your neighbour was a dodgepot and up to something no good, would you would you um, would you tell? I suppose if you thought it was terrorism, you'd have to. But what would you be looking for? What, 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 I, I, I don't quite know what it is I'd be looking for. And if you saw a van parked where a van shouldn't be parked, what the hell have you got in your bag, Boyle? A load of stuff. I'm just doing some life admin. Could you not? Could you, why are you sorting it out now? I've I'm talking some doing, carrot seeds. I'm going to grow some seeds. I'm doing a, a, an important talk about terrorists here, and you're, you're getting, you've got a load of mail. I was looking for something in my bag, and I realised I've got... All this stuff in here. Kel, anyway, go on. Kel, sorry, mate. Could you have a word with Kath? Yeah, sure. Kath, can you not do that while he's on air? Or at least do it under the desk so that he doesn't realise. Look at that. Like normal. Oh, yeah, that's interesting, actually. Unbelievable. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, we've got some delays on the M1 southbound, particularly approaching Junction 11. The A505 Luton and Dunstable turn looks very slow south coming down towards there. About halfway back to Junction 12, uh, the Toddington and Flittick turn. Other bits busying up. The uh, A1, uh, A1M certainly very slow southbound around the uh, Stevenage area. Uh, junctions um, to 8 to 7, that sort of area. And then further down towards Hatfield, still very slow. There was an accident between Junctions 4 and 3. That's been cleared, but traffic's still very slow coming down that little Wellington-Hatfield stretch. M25, very slow anti-clockwise. Junction 21 to 19 from the M1 to Watford then from 18 to 15 in patches from Chorleywood to the M4 uh, London Overground up and running but with severe delays between Watford Junction and Euston after a flooding problem, the Bakerloo line up and running too now between Queen's Park and Harrow and Wilston but with severe delays, the Metropolitan line remains suspended between Chelfont and Latimer and Chesham, uh, that's because of a signal failure that's left Chesham station closed. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much 7.16, it's Monday the 24th of November, it's a month until Christmas Eve! Woo! But in the meantime, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. New measures designed to tackle the threat of terrorist attacks in Britain will be outlined in a speech by the Home Secretary this morning. Thames Valley Police are launching a weapons amnesty this morning. People can hand in illegally held guns and ammunition without facing prosecution. BBC Three Counties Radio. Just had an exciting email. I think I'm going to be turning on some Christmas lights a little bit later on in the year. Very, very exciting. Shh, don't tell the other presenters. Even though it's still only November, it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. So on Wednesday, I'm heading over to Bedford for their annual light switching on celebrations. I'll be based at the Bedford Swan Hotel, finding about all the stalls coming face-to-face with some reindeer, aye-aye, and maybe meeting the man himself. 
Roberto Peroni. Live from Bedford's Christmas Light Switch On. Wednesday from 3 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, oh, Chuck. Wagwan. Morning, Boyle. Oh, you're talking to me? Hey. Why are you doing that? Oh, just because I'm, I'm kind of um, not sure where we're going now. I was a little bit distracted there. Uh, not turning on any Christmas lights. Hey, here's a message. If you have got Christmas lights outside your house, get a life. It's worse. It's worse than Dan. Do you know who Dan is? Pardon? You know who Dan is? No. Dan's the plum who had the three uh, uh, flags of St George outside above oh, his white wh- van. White van man Dan. If you have Christmas lights outside your house, then you are I've, worse than Dan. I've got Christmas lights. What have you got? Just a sort of um, tasteful white um, danglers. Sorry. <laughs> It's shit. Oh, listen, everybody on, on uh, Facebook who complains about the BBC 3CR gripe page and uh, we want Ian Lee to get the sag, uh, sack page, the sag. Back to that picture of Stevie. She's the she's the filthy one. She's the innuendo lady. I'm not. I can't describe the Do you mean just way. like little white lights around a tree? Um, yeah, just across the, the bay window. Oh, no. That's, well, uh, no. kids like them. Yeah, of course they do because they're kids. Yeah. And they're common kids. That is quite sad. No, it's not. It's beautiful. It's, it's uh, nice. We've got little sparklers in a, in a bush. Right, okay. Well, my. Little white dangly ones in a bush. That would be a trip hazard where I am. Okay. But those, those losers, those sad sacks that have the glowing uh, uh, snowman oh, and right, the yeah. Father Christmas and all of that stuff. So I'm all right, am I? But you know, you still. Could I see a picture camera. of them, please? Yeah. Not now. I'll have a look. Were they there the other day when I came round? No, no, they're not going up yet. Okay. They go up in December. I'd rather you didn't. But those people, those people, those people, yet. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the landlord of your house. I'm going to repossess it and kick you out. Oh. Then where will you be for Christmas? Your house. Well, no. So, but the people that put these Christmas lights, I, I hate it. And, and local radio stations often do a, have you spotted the greatest Christmas lights outside somebody's house? No, no. If you have, phone up and report them. They are reducing the price of your house. I mean, they are ridiculous, but I'm horrible. that during the festive season, my children like nothing better. They like some things better, like sweets and um, cake. And but opening a jar that nobody else has been able to open. But if, yes, very satisfying. And uh, put it, hang on, let me find the, the... But, what I'm coming to is this. Put a money find top. <laughs> Your kids put a money find top. Mm. But, they also enjoy, if yeah. we're coming back from somewhere and it is dark, I take them around the tacky houses. Oh, you say, you say I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to do uh, an Edith Snowberry or whatever at Thornbury. I'm going to say it. You take them around the council estates. No, not around the council estates. There are that's some houses where that get involved around where I live, and you, where I live is a very exclusive area. That's where you find them. You wouldn't find them outside Buckingham Palace. You wouldn't find them outside posh places. The Christmas lights outside that house really are poor. <gasps> Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Just a bit of fun, lighten up. Oh, eight four five. Oh, you did that. Okay. We're we're really disagreeing a lot today. Texts. Go on Morning, Ian. The clip of the two old deers talking about terrorists. Can we get them animated by Ardman? Yeah, we'll ask him. Is there going to be a new hobby? We've got train spotters, Eddie spotters. Now we'll have terror spotters. You have oh. to get in their national uh, insurance numbers or their shoe size. It should go like a bomb. Well, now, Chris and Thurlai, that's not really. 
I mean, it's a well, this thing. week I got two ISIS, but I also got three Boko Haram. Muffin hands loop. I'll swap your Boko Haram for a um, Basque. All right, then. I love the ballroom blitz, says Maffin Hanslope, but the damned version is even better. Oh, and then he says something awful. Uh, I know what a terrorist looks like. Jeff Dunham has a dead one called Ahmed. It's on YouTube. Oh, I've seen that one. I don't know what that means. Yeah, he's got like a puppet. Oh, OK. A live one looks like a politician. They're always dropping bombshells. Good says Chris in Furlie. Thank you for those guys. Um, although I wasn't really listening. Half- Sorry? I noticed. Hertfordshire-based Tesco is to change the way it displays newspapers because of fears about children being exposed to sexual content. This is something we disagree on. You're not that bothered by it, are you, Kath? Which surprises me with I your two young girls. I think it's a fact of life. I don't like it, but it allows me to teach my daughters that uh, they should do their homework rather than getting their tops off. See, I don't think it has to be a fact of life that these things are on display. I don't want my boys seeing them. I want, you know, they'll Listen, my boys will experiment with pornography when they're old enough to, to, well, to, to do it, but I don't want them as, as youngsters walking... I don't walking... want it to be a secret, naughty thing. That's why the danger is isn't it? Or we completely desensitise them to to that, those kind of images and think, hey, those kind of images are okay. And I don't think they are. Fine. Thank you. Um, the supermarket's new stands are going to be redesigned so only the title of the paper can be seen. And Waitrose is also following suit, moving them out of the sight of children. Well, I'm joined by Louisa de Beaufort, a mum from Hertfordshire and a spokesperson for Child Eyes. Morning, Louisa. Hello, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Now, uh, th- tell me about th- this campaign. Is it just newspapers that are being moved? Um, in the moment, my, uh, at the moment, my understanding is that Tesco is revising its um, point of sale for newspapers, yes, so that the front pages are not able to be seen. Because um, newspapers yes. generally, apart from the sport, which uh, you know is a newspaper by the very loosest definition, mm-hmm. um, a- a- and the star, and occasionally the sun, um, newspapers aren't that bad, are they? Well, I think those newspapers that you've mentioned in terms of sexist and damaging images for children to see are really bad. So this is a great first step, as far as I can see. So will we be able to see the headlines? Uh, Yeah, well, that's an interesting one. I don't think so. You will be able to see the name of the newspaper. That's my understanding. Because if you can't see the headlines, that's... um... That's a little bit disappointing and, and, and could be argued that that's a little bit over the top. I'm all for the, 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 you know, the, the, the pictures of the nudie women not being on display. I, I, I've got two young boys, four and two, and I don't want them to see that. Uh, but I, I do want to see the headlines. Um, I would agree, and I guess it is a shame that it has come to this, but this is about protecting children. That's, that's what this is about, protecting children, and it's sending very strong messages back to the newspapers to say, actually, there are some environments, not many, but a supermarket might be one, an environment that should be family-friendly. You're trawling around with your children. You haven't got time to have conversations about the headlines that are often about rape, about not positive things about sex but kind of really problematic things and then a big image of a woman which again are hard to talk about but it is a shame I agree that perhaps headlines aren't um, there but it sends a message back to the newspapers and maybe they'll think about their front pages well they won't though will they 
Well, I don't know. Well, no, they won't. Will they? They'll been... still, they'll still, people will buy the Star because they know what the Star is, and and it's a you know it's a cracking newspaper. It's just the front pages are a little bit um, uh, uh, unhelpful. People will still buy the Sun. But that, I have no problem with people buying it. They're adults. They make that choice. I have a problem that children that. Parents are unable to protect their children, and children have no um, have no freedom as they're walking around a supermarket not to have this in their face. Currently, this seems like a, a small step, and it's it's a shame about the headlines. But in terms of protecting children, it's which is most important, I guess. But why why couldn't Tesco just cover up the, 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 if there's a rude newspaper front, why couldn't they just make it their policy that that's covered up and we still get to see the front page of the other newspapers? Um... But I, I, to be honest, I think the stands will only cover up problematic um, pictures. Right. Yeah, that, that's my understanding. I don't know how these new um, display systems will work, but I think they will cover up problematic front pages that are damaging to children to be confronted with as they're going about their daily business shopping with their parents. Stay there, Louisa. We're just um, joined now by uh, um, former editor of the Sunday Mirror, also uh, deputy editor of the Mirror and the News of the World, Paul Conyu. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. What do you think? <laughs> about this, this this story hiding uh, Tesco's hiding the uh, uh, front pages of newspapers to protect our children I think I think on, on the surface it sounds fine but I think there's a, there is a, there are real dangers here to free speech in the form of censorship and I think it's slightly overkill I I think you know most days uh, front pages are not going to are not going to cause offense and the front page is a very important vehicle for newspapers to promote their you know their their big their big story so i think i think here there's a, there's a real danger that this this case going over the top and i think there are while i admire the energy of the uh, of the campaigners i think there are far bigger issues here like what children you know can access in the wild west of cyberspace that are far more worrying and far more worthy <laughs> this sort of campaign than, you know, than mainstream newspapers. Louisa? Well, I agree that there are bigger issues, but that doesn't mean these issues aren't important. There is no chance for a parent to filter out as you go into a supermarket. You either don't take your child in there if you're worried about these images, or you have to blindfold them. You don't have a, char- a chance to protect them. There is or you just don't go past the newspaper section. You don't have to blindfold them, do you? No, well, fine, you don't have to blindfold them, but there are also children's magazines. My kids are hugely um, interested in the children's magazines. And if, it, it's interesting that you say, um, the speaker said most days um, what's on the front won't cause offence. I've only been involved with Child Eyes for the last year. When you start looking at the sorts of texts and images that are routinely on the front pages of newspapers and magazines, I would absolutely disagree that most days you're, they won't cause offence. Well, you're right, the Daily Express is a picture of Nigel Farage with a pint of beer and that is outrageous. <laughs> that is something I don't want my kids to see. Uh, Paul, it, it, it is, if it's protecting our kids, then that's got to be worth it, hasn't it? But I think, what are you, are, are we protecting our children from? Um, that, that, is, that is the question. I, Sexist I mean, I have, imagery. I have schoolboys' sons. I really don't think they are going to be terribly influenced by the, the front page of the sun, or, you know, or the mirror most days. Funnily enough, you know, I, you know, I've, 
written for the Guardian in the past. I think that the, 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 the Page Three girl, for example, is is an anachronism. Well, twenty years past her sell-by date. If, if I'd been edited in the Sun, I would have dumped her years ago or asked Rupert Murdoch to agree to it. But 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 at the same time, that's a very different issue from the front page. The front pages. How off? How often is a front page really going to actually? Uh, be in danger of corrupting, uh, you know, children. How often is it that much of a sexist image? I, th- I just think, I just think there's a danger here. We're losing a sense of proportion. Louisa, last thirty uh, seconds to you. Go on. Last thirty seconds. Well, basically, I would say often, and research also shows that this is hugely damaging to children. How they feel about themselves, how they feel about other children, how they feel about sex, um, and I would say often the type of headlines: fourteen six sex. Child killing bastard stabbed me twenty seven times. Sex with my well, son. Now, hang on, now that- Louisa, hang on a minute. Now you've <laughs> you've just done what you've, you're 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 trying to to um, stop. You've just yeah for the out- purpose of adults listening. No, but there to are this ki- show. no no no, Louisa. Well, no, Louisa. Now you've <laughs> got to apologise there because we don't allow bad language on the show, Louisa. You've just done what you're campaigning against doing. You know, for the purpose of adults listening to the show, yeah, it's seven thirty in the morning, and guess what? There are loads of kids listening. So, with the greatest of respect, haven't you just negated your argument by doing what you're criticising other people for doing? I have to apologise that there, you know, is a, it's a category C or B? I don't know, but I have to apologise for anyone listening. Well, that was a strange. And we all understand why she did it. Yeah, but that was a strange conclusion to the story about censorship to protect protect our children, and then she drops a swear word in. Mm. I don't... Thank you, Louisa. Thank you, Paul. 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the M1 looking pretty slow in patches, really, going from Junction 12, Tollington and Flitwick, down to around 9, the turn for the A5. The A1M still got very slow traffic on a couple of stretches, really. Uh, one is between Junctions 8 and uh, 7, the uh, two Stevenage turns, very busy there. Then further down between Junctions 4 and 3, uh, just south of Hatfield, uh, it's uh, queuing uh, after a breakdown earlier on, or an accident earlier, I think it was. M25, very slow anti-clockwise junctions 21 to 19 that's the M1 to Watford and 18 to 15 in patches from Chorleywood round to the M4. Metropolitan line suspended between Chalfont and Latimer and Chesham with minor delays on the rest of the line after a signal failure that's left Chesham station closed. On the Bakerloo line there are severe delays between Queen's Park and Harrow and Wealdstone with severe delays to London Overground services too between Watford Junction and Euston that's after flooding earlier on. Russell Holding BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. With the headlines, I'm Barry Caffrey. Good morning. New anti-terrorism measures, including a law to prevent insurance companies paying ransoms to kidnappers, will be outlined today by the Home Secretary. She'll also confirm that the legislation will make it compulsory for public bodies such as schools and colleges to try to prevent terrorism. Some health workers are going on strike this morning in a second round of industrial action in a dispute about pay. They're unhappy about a decision to give them either a 1% pay rise or an annual increment, but not both. And Thames Valley Police are launching a weapons amnesty this morning. People can hand in illegally held guns and ammunition without facing prosecution. 
and the weather frosty to start dry and sunny later with maximum temperatures of 8 Celsius. That's 46 in Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton hailed the greatest day of his life after winning the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix to secure a second Formula One world title. The Mercedes man finished the season 67 points clear of his title rival and teammate Nico Rosberg in what he admitted had been a campaign of highs and lows. I think Spa was even lower than Silverstone, but uh, it had a different kind of impact on me. You know, when you have when you make the mistake, it's a painful feeling in a different way. Uh, obviously, when it's not your fault and you lose out, then it's painful because it's not you feel helpless. You know, you're kind of kicking yourself when you make the same. And obviously in Silverstone, I, that's what I was doing. I went home and came back the next day. The support was phenomenal. The Liverpool manager Brendan Rodgers has accepted responsibility after a 3-1 defeat at Crystal Palace. Liverpool are now 18 points behind Premier League leaders Chelsea. Rodgers admits his side are lacking experience but refused to blame them. Players finding the feet here playing for Liverpool and then maybe not getting the results. Uh, to give you that confidence, especially if you have a new player coming in, then, then it can be difficult. But, uh, but as I said, it's, it's my responsibility you know, to, to put a team out that that can win and uh, and at the minute I'm not doing that. Elsewhere, Tottenham have moved into the top half of the table after they came from behind to beat 10-man hole 2-1. The former Arsenal striker Ian Wright says it's getting to that time when Arsene Wenger should think about leaving the club. Saturday's defeat to Manchester United left Arsenal 15 points behind off leaders Chelsea. And this evening there's one game in the Premier League as Aston Villa host second-placed Southampton. Watford lost for the third match in a row in the Championship, going down 2-1 to league leaders Derby. MK Dons are up to fourth in League One as they beat Port Vale. Wickham moved back to the top of League Two, above Luton, as the Chairboys beat Cheltenham and the Hatters lost at Burton. And Stevenage boss Graham Wesley was unhappy with some of his fans as they lost 1-0 at Northampton on Saturday. Wesley was frustrated with how some of the away supporters reacted. There were a couple of guys who were being very rude, um, insulting. I mean, I've got family who sit there and, you know, they're being very rude, obscene and talking to me in a, in a disgusting way. So I went across to them to remind them that they need to be respectful. And I hope the, uh, the people responsible are, are made to pay for it. And in Rugby Union, Bedford were beaten by Cornish Pirates in the Championship yesterday by 65 points to 14. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at 8 o'clock.
The littlest hobo gets rabies. Oh no, I've got rabies! <laughs> the end. Tesco Steve! Hello, morning. Good morning, Steve. You want to talk about the front pages of newspapers being covered uh, to protect our children? You probably think it's a good idea, don't you? No, I don't. It's a loads of cods wallets, isn't it? What interest? What would they know about it? They're kids. They're in a different world, aren't they? And plus, you can't hide them from the fact eventually they're going to see it anyway. You're going to end up with a bunch of pruned children. You go, oh, I can't do that. My mum and daddy says so. A bunch of what? Prunes. Or prudish. Prunes? Right, <laughs> 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 surely it's down to the teacher, it's down to the parents and the teachers to teach their children to sort of educate them into that. It's, at the end of the day, we've got freedom of expression, freedom of speech, and at the moment we're being, it's being eroded rapidly, and we might as well live in Russia, hit comrade, do you know what I mean? Because that's what it's like here at the minute. I'm finding myself agreeing with you. Thank you. I love you. Long time. <laughs> I just think that while as a society we've not made it illegal to have these things on the front pages, then if, if as a society we're saying it's OK, then it's down to the parents to tell the kids why maybe it's not the way of life they want to do. Exactly. You teach your own kids. You protect your kids. You there's, educate them yeah, with free- alcohol, isn't it? There's freedom of expression, Steve. Yeah. But does that, is that, free- does that freedom extend to newspapers uh, publishing photographs on the front of their papers? Well, it's of, natural. Of, can I finish the sentence? It, what's natural about a midget going under a woman's skirt and taking a picture of her gusset? What, what, what's oh, yeah, natural well, about no, that? that yeah, well, that's not in the newspaper, though, is it? That's yes, not on the front page. Yes, it is, Steve. It's on the front we- page of the sport quite regularly. Well, surely, the other worry you've got with the fact of the sport and that, surely in other newspapers, in the local papers, you've got massage parlours. No, 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 we're we're not talking about that. No, Steve, address address the issue I've just mentioned. Don't brush brush over the gusset. That is on the front page of newspapers. Should my kids have to see that? No, they shouldn't. Yeah, but why would they be looking at it? Because it's on the... It's on the front page of a newspaper. They right, won't pass the newspapers. You, right, I'll tell you what. You walk into a shop today and you tell me and identify everything that's happening around. When you go anywhere... Sorry, do you, you get... tell me... Walk into a shop and you tell me and identify everything that's happening around. That doesn't even well, mean anything, Stephen. It's aimed with the kids. The kids are not taking any notice. Well, hang on a minute. The you've, just said that the it, kids, you've just said the kids are taking notice and it's the parents' responsibility to explain it. So how yeah, do I explain... Are, how do I explain that a new Newspaper pays a midget to take upskirt photos of young women. How do I explain that? Listen, I forgot, this is a free country. We're two world wars for freedom of expression. It's not a free Listen, country. Like it, explain that. Today. Explain it. How do I explain that to my child? Can I? Try and educate your child, don't you? The same as the schools. That's all it is. They can look at it and they just they should just wipe it away and just think, oh, they're just stupid people. Can I make a suggestion? In the story. If you can get them to shut up, yes, you can. <laughs> what you do is if your children notice it, you go home and you help them write a stern letter of complaint. Oh, to the for goodness sakes. <laughs> for goodness sakes. 
Steely. Wow. Stevie Boy, talking sense. Oh, come on. Yeah. We can't, when, did, when did we start agreeing with Steve from in Luton? Today, from today, Steve, for, you are bang on the money, my friend. For goodness sakes. You and Catherine, I expect you to, because you're a you're a little bit um, the right of uh, uh, Farage. Mm-hmm. But, but Catherine, oh, for goodness sakes. You, you see cannot... what you've done, Steve? What? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you cannot hide the news. You cannot hide the news. I get it when it comes to some of the naughty magazines. Of course I get that. But newspapers? Come on, you Steve, can't hide right. what's going on in the world. Steve, I, I'm trying to think of a way of describing Steve, right? And I would say he's... I would say... Legend? No, I wouldn't say legend. I would say he's like... Um, he's like a sausage in a, in a sea of, of, of beans. What, 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 how would you, what would you reckon to that, Steve? Oh, hang on a second, he's gone, he's gone quiet. Steve, I reckon you're like a sausage in a sea of beans. Oh, I'm just a small egg in the pan, isn't I? So right. I don't know everything. All right, fair play, we'll go with that. Justin, yes. there's another story. What's the story we've sent Dealey out on today, Boyle? We've sent him out on the story of uh, the guy who almost lost his children, he says, um, because he left his two-year-old in the car for ten minutes while he popped in to get some cowpole. Would you ever leave your children unattended in a vehicle? This, I have to say, Ian, has been the most one-sided street report I have ever conducted for you. And you've done a few of those. I've done quite a few over the years. So maybe about three a day. That's quite a few a week over a year. That's even more. Um, So I took it to the streets this morning, talking to parents, and uh, here's what they had to say. Paul, how many children have you got? Just one. Would you ever Mm -hmm. leave your child in a car unattended for even five minutes? No, never in a million years. No. Um, you hear stories of, you know, they're being taken away, etc. So, no, never, never, never. What do you think about parents who, who do do that and think there's absolutely nothing wrong with it? Um, I, th- I don't think they should be doing that at all, full stop. It's a bad habit, so taking risks, really, so I don't think they should do it. You say it's a bad habit. Let me ask you the, uh, the ultimate question. Mm-hmm. Are they bad parents for doing that, in your opinion? In my opinion, yes, I'd say they are. I'd say they are, because they're taking, as I say, they're taking a risk. Are you just not a bit paranoid, though? Um, not really, no, no. Um, you hear stories of it happening, so to me, myself, I don't think you should do it. Well, madam, you're here with your, your young child. That's a nice set. How old is he? One and five months. One and five months. Would you ever consider leaving him in a car while she went to go and pick something up? No. <laughs> well, you're laughing about it. Yeah. Not even for a few minutes? No. What do you think about those parents who do do that? Like the parents we're talking about today in the papers. What's your thoughts on them? Not necessarily bad parents because saying if the baby's sleeping you don't want to wake them up to go to the shop but but personally I wouldn't do it. So even if your baby was sleeping you just wouldn't take that risk? No. No, never. You say never. Tell us why never. Even for a few minutes? No, not for a few minutes. No excuse for anything like that. Are you a bad parent if you do do that? You don't know what the circumstances are but I wouldn't personally do it. So. Would it make you feel sick if you did? God, yeah, would, yeah. Hey, as long as you can see them, you're in the petrol station, fine. Yeah, I mean, petrol station's absolutely fine, but if you're going to... And again, I'm not a parent, so I, I don't speak from experience here, but if I was a parent, I would not be leaving my child in a car and then going to the shop, even for, for, for two minutes. That, for me, is just wrong. You could call me paranoid, but, but no, I just think that's the wrong thing to do. I don't think you'll find anybody who will admit to doing that. Even if they do do that, I think they would certainly keep quiet about it. Justin, you're going to go and talk about newspapers as well later on. I will do, Speech yes. Speech a little bit. Cheers, my dears. Two words, petrol station. Yeah. No one takes their children out of the car at no. the petrol station. No. Well, Does it make a difference about the line of sight? That woman said an interesting thing. That her baby was one year and five months. Right. That's either, sev- either 17 months or a year, year and, and a half. half. What age do you stop doing the months? Oh, I stopped doing it pretty early. 
like just a baby. (laughs) Oh man! Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the M1's still looking pretty busy in patches, but it doesn't look like it's queuing anymore, but it certainly looks very busy southbound uh, from around Junction 12, the Tonington Athletic turn down to around 8 at Emil Hempstead, certainly in patches, plus delays building up on the A5 now, which is looking very busy in the Mark Gate area, coming down towards the M1 at Junction 9. Uh, the A1M still very slow southbound, Junctions 8, 7, the two Stevenage turns, uh, then sort of the Welling to uh, Hatfield stretch, where there was a breakdown earlier on, uh, left a few delays. The M25 looks a bit slow, certainly anti-clockwise, uh, Junctions 21A round 215 in patches, so from St Albans round to the M4. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Russell. 7.46, Monday the 24th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. All this week, counter-terrorism bosses are appealing for the public's help to combat extremism. And some health workers are going on strike this morning in a second round of industrial action in dispute about pay. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. Well, it's a fairly chilly day today. We've got some frost and fog patches around for some of us this morning. But actually, it's a fairly decent day all in all. Largely dry, lots of sunny spells, light winds and temperatures reaching 8 degrees Celsius. So a much uh, more pleasant day than yesterday, certainly. Uh, Tonight, we've got a clear start to the evening, but there are more of that fog and frost developing. Probably more widespread than it was last night, in fact. Those temperatures getting down to close to freezing again. And tomorrow, a lot of fog around in the morning. That's uh, pretty much getting stuck there for a while but generally speaking it's going to be a cloudier day tomorrow there will be some sunny spells but increasingly cloudy through the day we've got outbreaks of rain coming up from the south um, that probably we won't see until after dark though temperatures up to about eight degrees celsius and then further patchy rain on wednesday we've got light rain and drizzle on thursday and um, friday's looking much drier but becoming more breezy that's your latest forecast Every weekday morning. You can book your place on the show now. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Come on and get some help, get some assistance. Tackling your consumer problems. I couldn't trace an account in any of the names, any of the addresses that were given. For it to be running for six weeks and then for them to cut it all off again just doesn't make any sense. The JVS Show fights for your rights. He came to me and asked if I could go and have a word with said bank. I had an email from the bank to say that you've been in touch with them and the senior customs relations manager was most apologetic. Thankfully, you managed to get your money back. Yep, but that was due to, obviously, your station itself. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. More strikes this morning. Uh, This time it's the unions representing hospital staff, including nurses, midwives and uh, paramedics. The protest began nearly an hour ago and will continue until 11 o'clock this morning. We can speak to Paul O'Brien, Unison Branch Secretary for the Luton and Dunstable Hospital, also a porter at the hospital. Uh, What's this dispute about, Paul? Uh, Basically... Uh, every year, the pay, uh, pay in the NHS is started, uh, started by the NHS pay review body. This year, they made a recommendation of 1%. The government then decided to go against that recommendation and decided that only staff who are at the top of their pay band would actually get a pay rise. Anyone who's still going in increments, like just starting, they wouldn't get any pay rise. Your pay, your pay does go up every year, doesn't it? Um, only, it's, it's, it's kind of like part of on the job, like as you get better at the job, it's part of the um, knowledge and skills framework assessment. Yes. 
So as you're learning a job, you actually get like, as, as, as your knowledge increases, then your pay increases to, to match as you're learning. Why are you um, punishing patients and, and putting uh, lives at risk? Uh, we're actually punishing patients. All the essential areas have actually still got cover. It's only the, the non-essentials. So it's more of an inconvenience than actual punishing them. All it means is there'll be a slight delay in some clinics and appointments. But it's still patients that, that, that will be struggling, won't they? And that, that doesn't seem fair that they should be punished. Well, if they want um, good patient care, you've got to have a... Um, Don't go in today. No, you got, no, no, you've got to have staff who are actually dedicated, actually um, enthusiastic, and it's actually getting, like, pay, which they shouldn't be getting, like, they're actually getting less pay year on year. Then you've got to have disillusioned staff who are going like, to um, be more... Um, 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 they're actually not going to put as much enthusiasm into the job. This is the second time, isn't it, the Unison members have gone on strike? Yeah. There was one recently. I, I, I'm guessing the first one didn't work. Um, well, for any strike action, just, just as a one-off, it's not going to affect... You, you have to continue to action to actually government starts paying attention to it and actually taking notice that they're not going to take it anymore. So will there be more strikes, Paul? Uh, I think so. That's up to the national body okay. to decide on. Paul, thank you very much for your time. That's Paul O'Brien, who is the Unison Branch Secretary for the L&D Hospital. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Difficult to argue with on so many levels. Catherine... Texas. We've got one from Pat and Houghton Regis. Hello, Pat. On the subject of spotting terrorists, this is because it's counter-terrorism week, everyone, and it means that we're supposed to be extra vigilant because we're not being vigilant enough. So we're asking, what does a terrorist look like? Pat seems to know. What's the matter? <laughs> Scott's tweeting me. Oh, of course he has. Morning, Scott. <laughs> Morning, Scott. Scott. Scott is making some very valid points about that last interview. OK. But I probably won't share them on there. Pat says... Yes. Spotting a terrorist is made harder while the face veil is permitted in this country. Isn't that a loaded sentence? Let me just read it again. Go on. Spotting a terrorist is made harder while the face veil is permitted in this country. Well, OK. Well, loaded, yes, but. Do you, remember when, do you remember when the 7-7... Seven, seven, not the 7-7 seven, seven bombs. There was a second plot, wasn't there, afterwards? On the 21st, I think, of July. I can't quite remember. And the people responsible that were planning that... Didn't they go on and try and set off a bomb, but it didn't work, or something? I can't remember. You're not thinking of the liquid bomb plot. No, no, no. This was on the this was on the tube. I think remember was one in Shepherd's Bush, and the people that were responsible for that, some of them, some of the blokes, dressed up as women with the whole mm. the whole outfit and tried to escape. And there was really dramatic pictures of the police rugby tackling what looked like two women in in burkas. It wasn't. It was these blokes, I think, that were trying to escape. So it's true that that, that has been used, but also it's been used by white armed robbers. If you remember, do you remember the? Jewelry store raid where they were wearing burkas. Well, then let's get rid of it. Then you know that's the that's the logical conclusion to those two points, isn't it? If if it's being used by dodgepots to commit uh, crimes or to to evade justice, it's been used by many more people to observe their culture. I I wouldn't say faith. No, it's not a faith thing, is it? It's a culture. It's a cultural thing. Anyway, Pat says, spot terrorists made harder while the face fail is permitted in this country. What a disguise to use to get around the country. Muslims must be the prime suspects to start because they harbour Islamic extremists what? within their mosques and schools and communities. What does a Muslim look like? That's the thing. Is it a brown person? 
because there are white Muslims and there are brown people who aren't Muslims. Do you know what I mean? So we had one of the people in uh, uh, Matt's Vox said, oh, they're brown and with a beard, that they might have a rucksack in a shopping centre and just be stood there. What does that mean? That's a whole lot of people. Isn't it? This religion breeds extremism and they seem to be at war with the world. Ban oh, the veil for starters, says Pat. He's going off into yeah. to nonsense. You started off with a fairly decent point and then you went on to talk a lot of old rubbish. Katia! Yes, hello. Oh, my God. Hello. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not uh, from beds and... No, uh, I, well, you shouldn't be. Listen, this is a voice from the past. Katia, why don't you tell the boys and girls what you do for a living? I do I do engraving. What do you engrave? Uh, lots of metal. What's the, what's the metal that you tend to engrave the most? <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to say because... She's a gun engraver. (laughs) Katya. She engraves the guns. uh, How does that make you feel, Katya, knowing that your your work, your artistic work, could be uh, used by deviants and murderers? Hang on, Katya. So if there is a bullet with my name on it, you put it there. Listen, listen. uh, First of all, I'm so happy to be on the BBC. It's the first time ever in my life. Big day. It could be the last time as well, Katya. You're from Lincoln. You shouldn't be listening to this radio station. I know. I'm crossing the threshold. You're crossing the streams. Mm, uh, Let's see if it's a good enough call for you to to warrant listening or or not. Okay. What I wanted to say... Your English has improved since I spoke to you six years ago. Well, just, uh, yes, because uh, here in Lincolnshire, we've got uh, English people, and I listen to them. (laughs) (laughs) That that would be it. Point. (laughs) That sounded a little bit... I'm not going to say it. It did sound a little bit, Katya, yes. You Belgians are, though, aren't you? Mm, No, listen... um, You worship a statue of a boy urinating. What kind of country is that? That's a bit uh, shameful, really. Isn't it, just? Katya, are you you a Walloon? I am, yes. Ah. How how do you know that? Because you don't have a Frenchy twang to your voice, so you could only be a Walloon. Uh, Catherine speaks many different languages. I don't speak that Flemish. Well, Katia, can I ask, are you in a bad mood? I am not in a bad mood. All right, no. I'm just asking. OK, listen, I'm here to make a serious phone call, actually. Aye, OK, right. About uh, the front pages. OK. Mm. What I wanted to say, really, is going to be a little bit Mary Whitehouse, isn't it? But, uh, isn't it just? Get rid of them. What? Uh, I, I don't understand it. i tell you what, the first time I came to England and I saw them, I was well shocked. <laughs> 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 I was well shocked. Yeah. Oh, I missed you, Katia. Yes. Yeah. Well, I want to say boobs is not news. Say that. Say that again. Okay, but boobs is not news, really. Just say. Just say boobs is not news. I've said it already. Just, just, just say. Sorry, we couldn't hear you there. And okay. I, I... So boobs is not news. Thank you, Katia. Okay. Thank you. You can carry on and make your point now, please. (laughs) Okay, but so (laughs) really, 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 it's not serious. When when you come from another country and you see that, you're like, oh, are are they taking the Mickey or something? You know, put that away or on a specialised kind of uh, magazine. Yes, that's I'm all for that. (laughs) But you have some cheeky fun in Belgium, don't you? Well. Yes, we have. I saw Eurotrash. There was a singer called Willie. Yeah, but n- not on, on the newspaper. That's the thing. What's that all about? You see? That's my point. So anyway, that's what I think. Um, get rid of them. Thank you. Oh, ring us again, please. OK. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Um, can I just give you my personal mobile number? <laughs> 
Hello? That's a no. Hello? What did she say? Is not was I confusing Wally with Eddie Wally? I'm, I'm not sure. Katya, just, just, find, just make your point one more time, please. So boobs is not new. OK, thank you. I'm glad we've got that. She used to phone me a lifetime ago. I'm talking like six, seven years ago. And her English has improved so much. I was thinking about Eddie Wally. Not Willie. What are you talking about? I've got no idea what you're talking about now. The guy from Eurotrash. Right. The voice of Europe's name was Eddie Wally. Oh. Nothing to do with Willie. I don't know why I was thinking about that. Oh, dearie me. Thank you, Katia. How delightful to... You. Yes, if you live in another region, you can you can call us, but you have to meet very high standards. They were set there. 08459 455555. So boobs is not new. OK. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the M1 looking very busy in patches heading south from around Junction 12, the Toddington and Flitwick turn, down to just after 9, the turn for the A5. The A1M still very slow southbound from around Junction 9 now, at Letchworth down to uh, 7. Uh, Stevenage, the bit around sort of Welling Hatfield, just busy now, that's eased quite a bit. The delays there originally caused by a breakdown. M25 very slow anti-clockwise in patches from Junction 21A at St Albans around to 15, the turn for the M4. Got the usual build-up of traffic on the A5 south uh, through uh, Mark Yeh. There are delays building up a little bit on the A4146 as well, uh, heading towards Leighton Buzzard. Uh, Centre of Hitchin looking pretty busy. Harpenden on the A5 looking a tad busy too. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. What fun we're having this morning. I hope you enjoyed that last call as much as we did. Lots to talk about. Should we be covering the front pages of newspapers to protect our kids? Oh, and a little tip for Barry. So boobs is not new. Got it, Barry. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Barry Caffrey. The headlines, counter-terrorism campaign launched, NHS workers go on strike and greatest day for Lewis Hamilton. BBC Three Counties Radio. New measures designed to counter what security officials say is the increasing threat of terrorist attacks in Britain will be outlined in a speech by the Home Secretary, Theresa May, this morning. Yesterday, Britain's most senior officer, the Metropolitan Police Commissioner, Sir Bernard Hogan Howe, disclosed that four or five plots had been foiled this year. Peter Nehrud is the former Chief Constable of Thames Valley Police. He says people need to be extra vigilant. You have to think about the type of places that are that are potentially vulnerable. So, uh, the very obvious one at this time of year, in the in the in the run up to Christmas, is going to be the big public spaces, town centres, and uh, and shopping centres. Health workers, including midwives, nurses and paramedics, have gone on strike. It's the second walkout in the past two months. Some non-emergency operations will be cancelled, but health unions have agreed contingency plans to stop emergency care being affected. Christina Macania from the union Unison explained what form the disruption would take. Elective operations will be cancelled, outpatient clinics will be cancelled for those four hours. There'll be no radiography services, so midwifery appointments will be cancelled, but midwives will still be delivering babies. So there'll be fewer nurses around on wards. There may be more management having to do services. There'll be people not answering phones. There will be nobody taking appointments. 
Thames Valley Police are launching a weapons amnesty this morning. People can hand in illegally held guns and ammunition without facing prosecution. A similar amnesty ended in Hertfordshire last week with nearly 200 weapons handed in. Two of the UK's leading supermarkets are to change the way they display newspapers because of fears about children being exposed to sexual content. Tesco said its in-store news cubes would be redesigned so that only the newspaper mastheads can be seen, while Waitrose has announced it will change its displays to remove some front pages from children's lines of vision. Louisa de Beaufort is a mum from Hertfordshire and a spokesperson for the charity Child Eyes. She says what is on display at the moment is clearly not suitable. This is about protecting children. That's, that's what this is about, protecting children. And it's sending very strong messages back to the newspapers to say, actually, there are some environments, not many, but a supermarket might be one, an environment that should be family-friendly. You're trawling around with your children. You haven't got time to have conversations about the headlines that are often about rape, about not positive things about sex, but kind of really problematic things. Lewis Hamilton hailed the greatest day of his life after winning the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix to secure a second Formula One world title. The Mercedes man finished the season 67 points clear of his title rival and teammate Nico Rosberg in what he admitted had been a campaign of highs and lows. And the weather dry and sunny later after the frosty start this morning. Maximum temperatures of 8 Celsius, that's 46 in Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. Colourful local guests with great stories to tell and fantastic music for your afternoon. From three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From six. Three Counties Sport. With a look back at the weekend's action and taking a look at the grassroots sport across beds, hearts and bucks. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's my radio show, it's my radio show. You can get you, you know that wasn't the song that I was singing whilst um, anyway. Morning guys, morning Catherine. Hi. Kelly Betts has gone to make the cough. So, why don't you tell me what is on the show for the last hour of it? For the last hour of the show, we're going to be talking about this counter-terrorism week. We've been asked to spot terrorist activity. Yes. How do you spot a terrorist? Yes. What do they look like? Yeah. That's a question What do they asking. smell like? What do they feel like? What do they do? If you can answer any of those questions, you shouldn't be ringing us, you should be ringing the counter-terror squad. Yes. What are the bits and pieces? Oh, uh, oh the Tesco thing. The yeah. uh, b- brilliant story. A, a, a campaign group, uh, the Child's Eyes, have campaigned, along with others, to get Tesco to cover up the front pages of their newspapers, because some of them are mucky. Yeah. And we had a really interesting lady from the campaign group come on she was the first person to swear on this show in a year. She's mortified. <laughs> she was mortified. It was the funniest thing. She's talking about protecting our children, then she drops a swear word. She was trying to prove just how shocking some of the front pages are. She did. She and did. one thing we've certainly learnt this morning is... So boobs is not news. Oh, wait, 459 455 555. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, we'll talk about the, the terrorism story in a little bit. Um, it would be remiss of me not to mention the big story at the weekend. Well, it wasn't the biggest story at the weekend, but it should have been. So it's now looking more and more likely that there is a, a cover-up somewhere amongst the police... Um, almost definitely amongst the police and amongst uh, uh, MPs regarding the fact that at least... Well, there are accusations flying around that an MP, at least one MP, has murdered at least one child in a sex game. And these... um what started off like a conspiracy theory, well, it was a conspiracy theory, it's taking more and more shape and it's, it's growing more and more, uh, uh, picking up more and more momentum um, and again was only the front page of one newspaper, I think, The People, and I've, I'm just thinking, I've, I've, looked through all the, I've looked through some of the papers today and I've not spotted it anywhere. There's now, I've just clicked on a link online, there's now a, a, a former copper coming out saying, well, yeah, we kind of knew about this, but we were told not to investigate there it. There was a tiny bit in one of the newspapers talking about what Theresa May had said over the weekend, and she'd said that the sexual abuse claims were the tip of the iceberg. And there's another MP, Tom Watson, who's been calling for a more um, more transparency in this one. The thing is, I kind of tweeted about this at the weekend and then and sort of regretted it an hour later when I turned my phone on and saw it had been retweeted by about 110 people. Uh, not because I was fearful, for, you know, because I'm part of the BBC and, and you you know, the, the apparently, but it was getting picked up by loads of right-wing groups, UKIP and further right-wing groups, and I, I couldn't quite work it out. And some people were saying, hey, well done for tweeting, for questioning this. And some people were saying, ah, you're all part of the BBC media. You're part of it. You're part of the conspiracy. So I deleted it, and then I became an even bigger part of the conspiracy because apparently I was going to lose my job if I did all this nonsense. But that's just as ridiculous as saying every single special branch copper knew about it and every single MP knew about it. Some people know more than they've let on. I do wonder, though, uh, why it's not a bigger story. The fact that an MP might kill a kid in a sex game. Why is that not... How do we prove it? Well, well, how do we prove it? But more and more people are coming forward now to say, yeah... I know about this. I, it's going to break at some point. This is this story is going to break, and names will be mentioned. Once names, I mean, some names are out in the public domain already. Uh, but but once, I just I just surprised that that it's not a bigger story. I'm I'm really disappointed that the BBC haven't picked up on it. And is it partly to do with the, the BBC is scared because of Jimmy Savile? They're now running scared because of Cliff Richard because mm-hmm. Cliff Richard is now threatening to sue the BBC for the coverage of that story. So. I don't know. I'm disappointed that the BBC isn't making bigger of this, isn't making anything of this. Anyway, 08459 four double five five double five. I felt I had to get off my chest. Have we got some texts? We have. Should we do a couple of texts and then we'll go into the, the terrorist story? Um, well. Or should we come back to the texts? Are there any we can read? Mm, well, we've got this one and I know what you're going to say. Oh. Right, Lisa and Leighton Buzzer said, I know you don't do shout-outs, but please could you wish my husband Alan good luck for his first day in his new job? Nope. We all had a rubbish night's sleep as our daughter was poorly, so he didn't leave in the best of moods. Nope. No. Can't, we do cannot do that. We're not, we don't do big-ups. What's, what's his name? Um, he is Alan. Well, I'm sorry, Alan, but no. It's not my problem, mate. Hope you have a good day and all that, but, you know. That's it. That was almost a shout-out, what you did there, Catherine. Well, I wish everyone a good day. Who I listening. suppose so. Yeah, I wish everyone... Well, not everyone a good day. Dave from Luton. No, I... I hope his day is cursed. No. Yes. I'm putting a hex. I'm doing juju on his day don't, now. Don't. Hex, hex, hex. Don't. You have to fill out forms for that. Oh, blimey. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Counter-terrorism police have launched a new campaign this morning to encourage the great British public to be their eyes and their ears. They want businesses, shopkeepers and you to keep an eye out for terrorists. Is it going to work? Joining me now is counter-terrorism expert Simon Trundle. Simon, is this not just going to create paranoia and and more suspicion against certain communities? Not necessarily. It's worked in the past, so why shouldn't it work again? When, when, it has, it, when has it worked in the past? What, what examples are there? 70s, 80s and 90s, where we had the main terrorist threat was from Northern Ireland terrorism and Irish Republican sources, and people gave very, very valuable intelligence which led to seizures of weapons, explosives and prevention of terrorist acts. It did create resentment and division, and um, that was slightly different, I would imagine... Well, it's a tough one, isn't it? it, it, was, it they were different terrorists then, weren't they? Oh, well, terrorists are terrorists. There were still... People say, oh, oh they, were, they were the good old terrorists who would merely plant a bomb and then go away and uh, and give a warning and then blow up part of Bishopsgate. But they were still terrorists. Oh, that's not to mean what they did. Of, of course not. They were awful, awful people. But um, that, that you didn't have the cult of the suicide bomber, did you? So, so what are we supposed to be looking for now? A, a dark bloke with a beard carrying a rucksack? I think that's quite offensive for you to say that because you're, that's the same profile that went on. I remember myself in the 80s and 90s being stopped because I was Irish. I mean, come on, be, be, be serious about this. I know Simon, you have a nice, a nice breakfast morning. Simon, I am, be, I, Simon I am being serious. Yeah. What are we supposed to be looking for? What we call activity that looks suspicious, something out of the ordinary, somebody delivering goods to a garage lockup in the early hours of the morning, people you don't know in your neighbourhood coming back to a garage lockup. Simple things like that in the past led to detection of terrorist activity. We're not asking you to profile radically profile everybody who's got a slightly darker skin than you and a beard. Um, we're asking you to look for the, um, the, the stuff that it just doesn't seem right and the police will be very glad to receive your report because nine times out of ten it'll mean nothing, but maybe actually that one time it will mean something. It'll add to a picture of growing intelligence and help prevent an attack. You, you, you were slightly dismissive of my comment, which I think is a little bit unfair, because there will be people, there will be people listening to this who, th- who think that we are combating uh, primarily Islamic terrorism. That's what this is about. And they have an idea of what, tho- of what those terrorists look like. And there's already a lot of suspicion towards the Muslim community. Isn't, that gonna, isn't this going to make things worse? Only if, we, only if we react in that way. The reality is that there are plenty of if you want to put it into skin colour and ethnicity, there are plenty of people who are from white British backgrounds who have now been drawn to yeah. fundamentalism. You and I know and that. You and I know that, Simon. But there will be some people who already look at um, uh, dark people with beards with suspicion already. And now the police are saying we need to keep an eye out for terrorists. Well, they're going to view those people even more suspiciously, aren't they? There will be a few people who will do that. There's no doubt about it. But we're not. We're not asking particularly. This cry is this call out for help. This call out to join in what's called contest the counterterrorism strategy for countering terror. So the, the United Kingdom strategy for countering terrorism, um, and and Project Griffin, where we train up security guards at public venues to be vigilant and to know what to look for. That's all wonderful. But this call is primarily made to our communities, whether it is a, a Muslim community, whether it is a white British community, whether it is a whatever community. It's look in your own community because you know what is normal activity and you know what is out of place and if you see somebody acting out of place or if you hear people speaking um, in, in terms of radical terms in terms of attacking in terms of taking 
um, you know, the, the, the fight up against others, then that's the call out to that community, ah. just as it was to the Irish community ah. in the 70s and 80s. So this is aimed at the Muslim community? It's not only aimed at the Muslim community, but certainly the Muslim community has already said itself, the leaders of the Muslim community uh, have said, we need to police our own community. We need to to not uh, allow actions to take place, not allow people to radicalise our youth. We need to uh, be on the side of the law in countering radicalisation. Isn't all this stuff going on already? If people see something suspicious, th- th- they would call the police. If, if, if um, Muslims believe that someone is being radicalised, they would call the police. Why do we need a, a, a campaign? Well, I suppose the campaign week is to, is to heighten um, awareness and look what it's doing. It's or, you, or scare uh, people. Uh, it's putting a few minutes past eight o'clock in the morning when you've got plenty of other stories you're actually talking about this, which is good because it means that the message gets out. Well, Radio has, has, has an important. Yeah, well, I think we're scared enough already. I mean, if you look at what's happening and you read the reports from Sir Bernard Hogan Howe at the weekend, whereas in, an, in a typical annual uh, 12-month period we'd be dealing with one disruptive terrorist attack, we're now dealing with five already this year, and that number is going to grow. I'm afraid we're in a scary time, and the only way we'll do it is to stick together, uh, report wow. what you feel is, 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 is suspicious activity, add to the intelligence that's gathered, and let's see if we can then, work together to defeat this. You've, you've got to go at me being flippant. You've just something that, that, will, that will actually upset people. You've said we're living in a scary time. That, that's kind of a, a, a big thing just to throw out there. I, I don't think we're living in a particularly scary time, and it's, it's not a particularly helpful message to get out there, is it? Um, that's going to worry think, people. I think if people think everything's going to be rosy, then, then they don't play a part in it. I'm not trying to terrorise anybody. That's the job of the terrorists. I'm not trying to frighten people. I'm just simply saying that we are now expending more police and security resources on trying to counter a threat which we've never had to counter before. Simon, thank um, you very much indeed. Simon Trundle, counter-terrorism expert. He's right, we do have a nice breakfast show here. Thank you for noticing that. We're living in scary times. I'd never say anything like that. I don't think I would. Because... Well, I don't think it's true. We're living, we're living in times, but scary times? I don't think that's a helpful statement at all. And there will be some people thinking, well, this, this campaign is, is designed to, to subjugate and, uh, the, the people by, by creating fear and um, suspicion. Yeah, if you see something suspicious, then of course you'd report it to the police. I don't think we're living in scary times. I don't think you can carry on like living like that. I no. don't think you can walk around the streets being frightened all the time. That's doing the job of the terrorist, isn't it? You heard Simon's uh, that thoughts there. Are, are we living in scary times? Is that phrase like you uh, phrase like that sit comfortably with you? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, thankfully, I'm not aware of any accidents. We've got delays on all of the usual routes. The M1, certainly very busy southbound in patches, particularly as you approach and pass Junction 11. The A505, Luton and Dunstable turn. The A5 is queuing north up into Hotcliffe now as you head away uh, from Dunstable. The A505 looks a little bit busy east into Dunstable, then uh, very slow on the eastbound side going into Hitchin. The A602 north into Hitchin, also very slow. Then the A1M uh, looks very slow south past uh, Junction 8 down to 7. The two Stevenage turns, that looking very busy this morning and then there's a bit northbound around the Welling area that looks very slow as well. Um, M25, very slow in patches anti-clockwise, junctions 21A to 15, so from St Albans round to the M4. Centre of St Albans looking rather busy as well. Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Eight 
8.17. It's Monday the 24th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC. <laughs> New measures designed to tackle the threat of terrorist attacks in Britain will be outlined in a speech by the Home Secretary this morning. Thames Valley Police are launching a weapons amnesty this morning. People can hand in illegally held guns and ammunition without facing prosecution. BBC's Three Counties Radio. Um, I don't need a second-hand car. Uh, you, are you taking the mickey out of my, my luxury coat? Are you, are you either selling cars or you're going to a car boot sale or you've got a new job on a... Oh, you're doing... It, it could just be winter. Are you doing that thing where you, um, you do like a normal person's job and you go and work in a market stall selling hooky DVDs? Is that what you're doing today? <laughs> what you or have that? you got a job at a bounce, as a bouncer at the newly relaunched what? Bling nightclub? What's do, going on do, with you? Do, do you not like my coat? I'm wearing a coat today, ladies and gentlemen, while I talk to Ian. He's wearing a scarf and a big puffer jacket. It's not a puffer and you look jacket. And like, um, you look like a skinhead from about 1981. A skinhead. You've had a nice little trimmage. Oh yeah, thanks for noticing. So have you? Thank you for you? noticing. Yeah. Uh, and you look like you look like trouble. Oh, you look like uh, oh, ladies. Ladies, you should watch out. And uh, look, there could be a punch up at the bus stop later on. Yeah. Don't mess with me or I'll have you. Why are you wearing a coat indoors? Well, because I'm going outdoors literally seconds after you and I have spoken. What are you doing? I'm going to collect luxury bacon sandwiches for my team. He's doing a round. He's doing a breakfast round. No, I'm afraid afraid they're already ordered. I will have a sausage and bacon baguette. That is so nice of Jonathan to do that for his team. Fried egg roll, please. The presenter to do that. Right, Kelly, you've you've, you've come about this completely the wrong way. Fried egg roll, please. Smidge catch. Two fried egg rolls. No catch. With one with catch, one without catch, and I'll have a bacon and sausage baguette, okay. the long one with I'll, catch. I'll please. make sure that they're all ready for you at nine o'clock this morning. Thanks, Jervs. <laughs> Do you need um, an extra member on your team? You'd like to join he's my got team, quite, He's got quite a few members on his team already. No, no names, no pack drill, but, but Laura and Tim. Oh, I said the names. Oh. And Danny. And Danny. Danny's not, not at all. What? What's what are you oh. talking about? What do you mean? What's on your show, Jonathan? Yeah, I was going to say, can, can we hurry up with this? Because I've got bacon sandwiches to collect. And fried egg roll. On the, uh, yeah, we've got one of those for Laura. Do you think most pensioners need the winter fuel allowance? The Liberal Democrat business minister, Joe Swinson, wants the government to stop paying the winter fuel allowance to well-off pensioners, apparently. She argues that in this time of austerity, it's hard to justify giving £300 a year to people who could live without it. Instead, Joe Swinson argues the money that we would save could be used to give young people cheaper bus fares instead. Speaking oh. at the Scottish Liberal Democrat conference, she, she suggested a shake-up of winter fuel payments would be part of her party's election manifesto. Why are we giving it to young people so they can get the bus? That seems an odd thing to replace it with. Don't, don't lots of young people need the bus? Yeah, but to get to work, you know, they're helping hand to get started. <laughs> Should we in take life? the money off the elderly and give it to people to get on the bus? Look at you trying to no, work but... out the logic behind this nonsense. <laughs> no, but it's true, isn't it? There are people there... more deserving than people that want to get the bus. But there are lots of young people out there <laughs> who have just. Le- Why are you laughing? This is I true. Think I was, I was kind of with it until it, the, the alternative was we help young people get the bus. What? So they can go and hang out at the shopping centre and, and smoke dope? No, so they can get out there and go oh. and find a job. 
that's what it's to do with. That's a dope. There isn't it a reality that there mm. are lots of pensioners? Have you ever been in a Marks and Spencer food hall? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't afford. I can't afford to do my big shop in M&S. It's full of pensioners. Oh, 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 that should be the test. <laughs> if you're in the M&S buying food, exactly. You don't you know, exactly. If you have done your food shopping in the last month food. in M&S, yep. you shouldn't get the winter fuel payment. I've got a theory about M&S and pensioners. What's that? Well, they've gone through the war. They're never going to eat that stuff again. It's like the Scarlet <laughs> O'Hara thing. I'll never eat spam again. I'm going to M&S for a tinned ham. Yeah, they had no bananas at one point. If you are a pensioner who has a car, yeah. do you still need the winter fuel allowance? Wow. From nine this morning, we're going to debate all of this. Do you think most pensioners need the winter fuel allowance? 08459 455 555. And if we're going to take the winter fuel allowance away from some pensioners, should we give it to young people no. instead to have free bus travel? No, we should. <laughs> is the bus thing real? Yes, I'm not making that's it up. That's, that, is, that is what Jo Swinson, that's what she wants. Oh, dear. She's the Liberal Democrat business minister. Oh. <laughs> well, she can say any old rubbish because she knows that she's never going to get a job she's got a job she won't have it for much longer the way they're going oh every weekday from 12 nick coffer brings you the wickedly funny Anne on on strictly come dancing (laughs) do do you know who the real Anne is great guests yes the real Anne is an amalgam of all these things we're all multifaceted jasper carrot's career spans five decades and then you had to wear a bow tie and you had to do jokes about silly irishmen and and, and mother-in-laws john cleese is eating his microphone aren't you john cleese great music he's bonkers in fact i don't even think it had the horn part then great conversations i always have said throughout my career you know you get me on board i'll give you a hundred percent have you still got it billy ocean well the audience seems to think i have nick coffer weekdays from 12 on uh, bbc three counties radio quite a bit of reaction to uh, uh, terrorism expert simon trundle on twitter i can't really read much of it Carpet Martin says, quoting Simon, I'm not here to terrorise anyone. That's the job of the terrorist. Carpet Martin says, which terrorist, Simon? Where is he, damn it? And um, Scott is on top form today, but Scott, I cannot read any of the things you've sent me this morning. I really can't. Some fair. Just imagine them. Let's all just have a few minutes just to imagine what Scott might be saying and then add a little bit more offensiveness. <laughs> And you're probably quite close to the truth. A bit more than that, actually. A little bit more. What he than said that. there. Yeah. Oh. We got any texts before we go to Justin? We're, 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 we're stalling Justin. We're teasing them, not, Justin. Yeah, do no, it. We've not really got any texts you want to hear. Oh. Oh. Are they slagging me off? Couple. Give us one. Go on. Um. Oh no. And this. And there's this one from Mark in Bedford. I'll let you know what some of the um, read ones are. Okay. Just this one. from Paul. Just one. <clears throat> Why do we now have to turn on the radio station we like and listening to you ranting and shouting because you think you're always correct? You ask for people's opinions and shout over them constantly. I'm sure I'm not the only person who thinks this. Calm it and start listening without the aggression. You're not always right. Who? Well, two things. Yeah, I am, uh, which proves that you're wrong. And secondly, when have I done that this morning? I don't think I've done that this morning. Uh, have I shut? Kath, I'm talking. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've done that. Not one point have I there. spoken over yeah. anybody and said that, that, that I'm argued that I am right and, and they're wrong. There was a bit when... Yeah, Sorry? Yeah. Just button it. No, because... Give us another. Who is, who is that loser? Paul. Paul, you're banned. Next. Just to let everyone know, says Mark in Bedford, I sometimes go to my lock-up in the early hours due to the fact that I keep my sound system in there and after doing a gig, I put it back. I may look shifty because I'm trying to hide the fact it's in there so no one nicks it. Extremists use the internet to talk to each other so they don't meet each other in the middle of the night in a lock-up. Just so you know, cheers, Mark in Bedford. He's got a point, doesn't he? They have, like, WhatsApp. 
I bet terrorists use WhatsApp. A, it's free for the first year. Yeah. And B, it is instant. And C, you can send um, like blueprints and uh, um, Shh, addresses. Don't tell them that. Oh. Just, have you seen any terrorists act, uh, acting out this morning? Uh, no, no, I haven't actually. Okay. Not so far this morning, but of course, uh, the morning is early yet. Because the thing is, all right, we're looking for suspicious activity. Mm. There's this weird orange fella that runs around at <laughs> half past five, six o'clock in the morning, pushing a stick in people's faces. Yeah. How, how do you know, though, that I'm a terrorist but by saying that I'm orange? Sorry? <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Am I racially stereotyping you? You, you are, absolutely. Yeah. Orange Sorry. suits may be, but uh, not orange skin. Not... <laughs> wow, look at him making a political mm, statement. Mm, absolutely. Daily, what you got for us? We've been talking about Tesco this morning. Lots of reaction coming in about this, and I think it's such a weird idea. So from next year, um, at the moment, some of the naughty magazines, they're covered up anyway in Tesco. This morning, I tried to buy Zoo magazine. It took me five minutes uh, to find it. It's the Jodie Marsh special this month, but the idea from next year is that they're going to be covering up all of the front pages of the newspapers just in case children may see something which is just say sexual um i think it's madness i've been on the streets this morning getting reaction again it's one-way traffic here boss here's what people had to say i think it's absolutely ridiculous children will see what they want to see they don't even always notice the front pages of a newspaper anyway so i just think it's ridiculous i don't buy a newspaper i don't even look at the front pages. I was like, I'm going to Tesco now and I'll, I'll walk through. I won't look at the front Why pages. Why don't you buy a newspaper? Because I watch it, I read it online. <laughs> <laughs> uh, modern day world, of course. So, in your experience of, of having children or grandchildren, they, they've never, ever said to you, what's that on the front page? Why is that woman half naked? No. I just think it's ridiculous. I think we overprotect children these days, personally, in a lot of ways. You're with your young child this morning. Do you think, do you think there's anything wrong no, with those front pages? No, nothing at all. Is it a complete and utter overreaction? Yes, it is. So never have you been into a, a, a Tesco's or any news agent and your son here has said to you, oh, Mum, what's that on the front there? No, never. I've not had any problems at all. I don't see what is wrong with the front page being on show. Even if there's a lady in underwear... A bit good sexy? Luck to her. If she wants to be on the front page, good luck to her. And you've got no problem with your son no. seeing that? No, none at all. Part of nature. Here's somebody who's actually buying a newspaper. What do you think about this idea of, of covering up the front pages to, to protect children's eyes? Ridiculous. Anything else to add? No, thank you. So, as a parent, yeah. Tesco's are going to be covering up the front pages of the newspapers right. just in case there's anything a bit, let's say, sexual on there. What do you think about that as a parent? Have your children ever said to you, Daddy, what's that on the front page of that newspaper? No, I don't question things, to be fair. The um, thing is, you can't really cover things up too much, can you? They've got to grow up and learn things themselves. But, you know, if, the thing is, they're children. They're, they're going to be curious. And they might oh, just ask me, and then you just have to be honest with them and, and tell them, you know, this is what it is. You, know, you can't... It's the way of the world nowadays. Yeah. You, know, you, can't you can't hide really... life, can you? You no. can't hide what's going on forever. No, that's it. So you just have to deal with it and you know, just, just pray to God they don't do the same thing when they're older. You can't <laughs> hide life, but you, you mm. can hide nipples. Uh, and, uh, yes. Y- yes. You know, and that, that, it's good that, that that fella's kids don't ask questions. We don't want our kids asking questions, do we? That would be awful. L- listen, I've been into a newsagent this morning. I've looked at every single front page. <laughs> but there is not a nipple on display on any of the front pages. I don't so, think you're allowed to show them anymore. No. Well, I I don't get this story. I don't understand why Tesco's are doing it. Yes, they've had some bad press recently. Are they trying to get a few brownie points? This will make absolutely no difference to cover the front page of our national newspaper.
papers. It's utterly ridiculous. And people on the streets <laughs> take agree. A bre- take a breath, Just. You know people what, on the streets agree. No, there we Do you go, know yeah. what might happen? Go on. If they know that the front page is going to be covered up, newspapers can go to town. They can put whatever they want on there. Mm, yeah, but then again, yeah. what but next? Why do we? Why do we need boobs and bums <laughs> on the front page? Why you know do we why? need it? Because we don't off. need it. But if you're going to put it right, if you're going to do it, we know the start. You get um, a bit of what's it, and in the sport, you get a load of what's it. Put it inside. Put it inside. Don't put it on the front page. But why? Simple. Because people will go into. I don't know. They're going to a, a news agent. They're not going to be covering them up, are they? It's going to be too much. Well, no, put it, for put them it to on the that. inside. The papers should take responsibility for their sword. And I love the star, but. Take responsibility and put them on the inside. Yeah, but while they don't, we can't pretend it's not happening, otherwise nothing will change. Mm. It's Pre- happening, it's out there, and, you know, those sort of images on the front pages of newspapers, they sell papers. Well, the one thing that we've learnt today is... The boobs is not new. Thank you, Katia. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, if you're wanting to uh, nip down the M1 this morning, uh, it's uh, looking very busy in patches from around Junction uh, 12. The Toddington and Flitwick turned down to 9, the turn for the A5, but it's eased how it was earlier on. The A1M still very slow southbound uh, towards and past the Stevenage turns, really. Junction 8 to 7, kind of halfway back to 9 at uh, Letchworth. Uh, M25 has been very slow anti-clockwise in patches from 21A around to 15, so from St Albans round uh, to the M4. Thankfully, I'm not aware of any accidents. The A5 looking very busy on the southbound side coming down the uh, uh, sort of uh, bit going into uh, Dunstable northbound up to Hotcliffe looking rather slow and uh, also still delays around uh, Hitchin particularly on the A602 heading out of Hitchin towards the sort of A1 area. Uh, Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past eight with the headlines. I'm Barry Caffrey. New measures designed to counter what security officials say is the increasing threat of terrorist attacks in Britain will be outlined in a speech by the Home Secretary, Theresa May, this morning. Yesterday, the Metropolitan Police Commissioner disclosed that four or five plots had been foiled earlier this year. Some health workers are going on strike this morning in a second round of industrial action in a dispute over pay. They're unhappy about a decision to give them either a 1% pay rise or an annual increment, but not both. Thames Valley Police are launching a weapons amnesty this morning. People can hand in illegally held guns and ammunition without facing prosecution. And the weather, dry and sunny today, but it will feel cold with maximum temperatures of 8 Celsius. That's 46 in Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton hailed the greatest day of his life after winning the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix to secure a second Formula One world title. The Mercedes man finished the season 67 points clear of his title rival and teammate Nico Rosberg in what he admitted had been a campaign of ups and downs. I think Spa was even lower than Silverstone, but uh, it had a different kind of impact on me. You know, when you have when you make the mistake, it's a painful feeling in a different way. Uh, obviously, when it's not your fault and you lose out, then it's painful because it's not you feel helpless. You know, you're kind of kicking yourself when you make the same. And obviously in Silverstone, I, that's what I was doing. I went home and came back the next day. The support was phenomenal. 
The Liverpool manager Brendan Rodgers has accepted responsibility after a 3-1 defeat away at Crystal Palace. Liverpool are now 18 points behind Premier League leaders Chelsea. Rodgers admits his side are lacking experience but refused to blame them. Players finding the feet here playing for Liverpool and then maybe not getting the results. Uh, to give you that confidence, especially if you have a new player coming in, then then it can be difficult. But, uh, but as I said, it's it's my responsibility, you know, to to put a team out that that can win. And, uh, and at the minute, I'm not doing that. Elsewhere, Tottenham have moved into the top half of the table after they came from behind to beat 10-man Hull 2-1. There's one game in the Premier League this evening as Aston Villa hosts second-placed Southampton. Watford lost for the third match in a row in the Championship, going down 2-1 to league leaders Derby. MK Dons are up to fourth in League One as they beat Port Vale. Wickham moved back to the top of League Two above Luton as the Chairboys beat Cheltenham. The Hatters lost at Burton. And Stevenage boss Graham Wesley was unhappy with some of his fans as they lost 1-0 at Northampton on Saturday. Wesley was frustrated with how some of the away supporters reacted. There were a couple of guys who were being very rude, um, insulting. I've got family who sit there and, you know, they're being very rude, obscene and talking to me in a, in a disgusting way. So I went across to them to remind them that they need to be respectful and I hope the, uh, the people responsible are, are made to pay for it. In Rugby Union, Bedford were beaten by Cornish Pirates in the Championship yesterday by 65 points to 14. BBC Three Counties Radio News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine o'clock. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, quick recap. How do you solve a problem like terrorism? How do you spot a terrorist? We're supposed to be uh, be dobbing them in, but I don't know what I'm supposed to be looking out for. Um, should we uh, cover the front pages of newspapers? I do think it's bad that the front pages of newspapers, w- that we won't see the headlines. Surely if there is a problem newspaper, then that should be folded over. But but to not see the headlines is is poor show, guys. Poor show. Or regulate what's on the front pages of the newspapers. We can do that, can't we? We can't, no. We, 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 there is a press regulator. Yeah, that's run by... Um, um, oh, yeah, the press. OK. You see? You see the flaw in their system? Um, and we did talk about leaving your kids in cars, but no-one's phoned in about it, so we'll let that one go. Marie wants to talk about the covered-up pages on the texts. Go on, Marie. If parents are too lazy to explain these things to their children... Oh, yeah, one of my gang. If parents are too lazy to explain these things to their children, then they'll be too lazy to fix the parental controls on children's computer, tablets and TVs, so they'll see them anyway. It's not up to the supermarkets to censor things for our children. Bang on, Marie. I, I'm so surprised that you think this, Catherine. I don't want my children seeing... I'm a feminist, bums- right? And I think that it's awful that they're on the front pages of the newspapers. Right. But let's not pretend they're not. Let's be outraged that they are and do something about it. Yeah, and let's and change my, it. Let's change the culture my, so that, that that becomes unacceptable. And if my daughters see it, it allows us to have a conversation about how some women make money out of being sexualised by men. What? It's not my fault. Now you're turning it on me. It's not my fault that these women are, uh, uh, have got no other options. They have so, got other options. Well, then, but it's not my fault. Why are you turning this on me? That's clever, and I'm stopping it now. I'm stopping it. You can't. T- I'm the right one here, and you're turning this round on me, saying it's my problem because I'm a man and I'm making them do it. You're not making them do it. Exactly. They're, They're doing it of their own free will. They're caught up in a system. No. Where, which is run by middle-aged no. men. No. You think it's okay? That's to have me. Tammy, 19, from Birmingham. Showing her boobies. How do you know about Tammy? You're not turning this on me, Catherine. 
I don't think they should be on the front pages. So let's change the system that allows them to be on the yep. front pages. Yep. Remember that text we had about don't Ian cover shouting over everyone? Yeah. But don't cover that by. Don't cover it up. Let the outrage begin because that's the way I'm, to I'm, the I am. I am outraged. I like what they do in Saudi Arabia with British newspapers. They put tape over um, the rude bits. That would take ages. Yeah. For every newspaper. That's what they do. Imagine the poor guy who's got to do that. He's subjected to so one, much filth. Is that one person's job? <laughs> yeah, to totally. What do you do? I tape up boobs. Tesco are right to cover the front pages, says Steve. They need protecting from the moronic, offensive tripe that is the Daily Mail. Will somebody Ooh, think uh, of the children? Right, OK. Is anyone going to make a sensible point, i.e. one that agrees with me? Martha. Good morning, Martha. Good morning. What have you got for us, my dear? Well, I listen to counties every morning. Thank you so much. The thing is... Yes. Sex is everywhere. Even on a telly, in the middle of the newspapers, on celebrity getting me out of here. And my young grandson was reading a book the other day. Mm. And he's 13. And my daughter's had to... The school's told her to teach them about sex. And he sent her to the, she gets questions like, the other day, Mum, what's a blown jump? And then, what, what does two men do? Okay. And he's 13 years old. He can't even put the telly on. He can't even put the telly on! Listen! <laughs> Martha, right, listen, I guess after, because you said a phrase there that we, we not really are allowed to say on the breakfast radio. Uh, so, uh, uh, this is the second apology in a day. But it's, uh, oh, this is freedom of speech, I'm only telling you what. No, I know, I know, but we can't say that you said a two-word two phrase that, we, that we, we, so apologies if anyone's offended, and I hope it's not caused awkward conversations, but the 13-year-old grandson can't even turn on the telly. Well, if he knows how to do that, he won't need to turn the telly on, will he? He doesn't know how to do that's the thing. Right. It's disgusting, no matter where you look, what. Even in Sam, get me out of here. What? Standing on that shower, half naked. Yeah. You're frightened your child's going to see it. But people, people shower naked, don't they? Yeah, but not in front of millions on a screen. A child could be sitting watching that. Well, it's on quite late, Celebrity, isn't it? Sorry? It's, it isn't Celebrity on quite late. I don't watch it myself. Several times. Yeah, are, are, are all those times quite late? No. What time is it on? Well, it's on about three times in the evening. And, and what time? I'm not really sure, but I watch it now and again. They asked me to do that. Can you believe it? You'd like to see me shower naked, wouldn't you, Martha? God. Is that a yes? No, thank you very much. I've seen that and done that, so I'm not interested. Oh, you're not Martha and Milton Keynes, are you? Yes. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't make the connection. Nice to hear from you again. Why didn't you call me? Oh, God, I was not talking to you, is there? You're always right. And then I listened to you a while ago, and you were ranting at that lady. Not my fault, not my fault. Which lady? Oh, the one that made the call before me. Um, that, oh, that was Catherine, I think. I think so, yeah. Would you, rather, would you rather talk to Catherine? Would that calm things down if you spoke to Catherine? No, 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 no. I wanted to speak to you. It's got nothing to do with Catherine. Uh, keep out of this, Catherine. Nothing to do with you. <laughs> hey, I don't know why I'm being brought into this. So I'm sorry about Catherine, Martha. She's bang out of order, isn't she? I want to give you a slap. Sorry? I'd love to give you a slap. You ought to bring sex into everything, haven't you? <laughs> Martha, nice to talk to you. Lots of love. All right. Ta-ta. 
Bye-bye. There we go, you see? That was a confusing roller coaster of emotions, wasn't it? Up, down, all around, but I won around in the end. Yeah? Are you talking about sex again? Let's go to Johnny Milton Keynes. Good morning, John. Good morning, Ian. I've got a bone to pick with you, mate. A oh, big one this morning. Flipping heck, here we go. Go on. Uh, you know that little Liz Hobo, that theme tune you put on earlier on today? Yes. I remember watching that as a boy, and you know what? That I was harking back to my boys as a, uh, my, my days as a nine or ten year old boy. Yeah. Happy moments, a happy dog running around, befriending everybody. Yeah. And we need we need a happy a happy song the, in, on these cold winter winter days. And yes. it was going so well. The little hobo was on. The music was was playing and everything. And yeah. I was thinking about this lovely dog walking around. And All right, man. and then suddenly you had to ruin it. But at the end, you said next week the little hobo gets rabies. You should, have heard what, you should have heard what was going through my head. I was... Do you know what? The, the last image I had of the littlest hobo was being petted by people, and then the next image of, uh, that I that I had in my head after you said what you said was of... You know that, that film Cujo? There, there was a man <laughs> from Bernard. <laughs> and, he had, Cujo, and he had yes. rabies. He had rabies, yeah. right? And he was foaming at the mouth and everything. And yeah. I was thinking, no, oh, that's terrible. That, that, that was the, the last hobo. episode. That was the last episode of The Littlest Hobo. He got rabies and he had to be put down. You're joking. No, no, I, I must have missed that episode right. then, because I just have happy memories. OK, I'll tell, you what, memories. I'll tell you what I do. I, c- I can negate that, John. Do you remember a programme called The Lost Islands? The Lost Islands? I've, I've heard of it. No, I didn't actually see any of it. Well, was listen, a happy one? It was a happy one. Shall I play the theme tune to that to try and lift you out of your yeah, funk? Yeah, go on in. Yeah, All right, John, this, up, yeah. this is for you, mate. down at the moment. Here we go. <laughs> John, is that better? Uh, you know what? That that was so good, but you almost repented yourself, but then you said that all your children died on the island. Well, so I think um, oh. every morning now, you can just have, just play a happy song. Just play a happy song. If you're going to play a happy song, just don't say anything bad right, about it right, afterwards. Either. All right, yeah? all right, calm down. How right, about this? Let's hope no. again tomorrow. I wouldn't go amiss. OK, well, how about this? Hang on a second. What a great idea. A shoe built on blocks. I'll call them... Blocker boots. We'll sell a million. Blocker boots, blocker boots, blocker boots, blocker boots, very fashion today. Blocker boots are neat, they go with your feet. Blocker boots, blocker boots are so high, they 
Unfortunately, loads of people broke their ankles wearing Bokka boots and the kids that set up that company were sent to prison for 25 years for corporate manslaughter. So there was no happy ending to that one either? No. Oh, Ian, you're disappointing me. You really, I really thought you'd repented yourself by playing the previous tune and it was going to have a happy ending, yeah. a happy storyline. Did I not repent my? Did I not repent for my disrepresentation? Then, with that repentance... Well, it was going so well. I yeah. mean, you start off so well, Ian. You know, you start right. off so well, and then it, and then it just gets ruined again. Uh, all right, all right. All right. I mean, all right. can no, you no, think jo- of one, John, one John, tomorrow? John, John, last one for you. Here we go. This is okay. This is a, this is a happy song. Here we go. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor, and I don't like it very much. Oh no, oh no, he swallowed my toe, he swallowed my toe. Oh gee, oh gee, he's up to my knee, he's up to my knee. Oh fiddle, oh fiddle, he's reached my middle, he's reached my middle. Oh heck, oh heck, he's up to my neck, he's up to my neck. Oh dread, oh dread, he swallowed my... (laughs) (laughs) Is that better, John? Well, you know what? It's, it actually made me feel weird, even though it was a horrible... It's a woman being like. eaten by I, a snake! Can you I, think that's I, acceptable? I Get out of here, you make me I sick. Thought. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh dear, it made me laugh as well. I don't know what that says about me. Um, the M1 is looking pretty busy southbound still. It's uh, east a lot town was earlier, but it's still very busy uh, southbound, particularly along that stretch from around Junction uh, 11, the A505, uh, down to 9, the A5. Uh, delays just off Junction 11 as well on the A505, out looking uh, very busy. A5 north into Hockliffe still has a bit of a queue. A1M still queuing south uh, from kind of halfway between Junctions 9 and 8, Electroworth to Stevenage turn uh, down to uh, around 7, and then northbound just passing uh, the Welling area. Looks very slow around Junction 6. M25, uh, there's a queue on the anti-clockwise side from Junction 21A around to 16, which is St Albans to the M40. Clockwise, just a little bit slow, 21A to 22, going from the uh, St Albans turn towards uh, London Coney. Uh, Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Russell. Is this the best show ever? I think it might be. We've got a blinding text I think we can read, but it's going to take a little bit of jiggery-pokery in more ways than one. Monday the 24th of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. All this week, counter-terrorism bosses are appealing for the public's help to combat extremism. And some health workers have gone on strike this morning in a second round of industrial action in a dispute about pay. Coming up, more of your calls, 08459 455555. I'm just remembering what the old lady said. <laughs> Martha and Milk Keynes. <laughs> but before that, let's get the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there, quite a chilly day today, so some uh, fog and frost patches around this morning. Uh, but then it brightens up actually into quite a pleasant day with lots of sunny spells, staying largely dry and with light winds, so quite a relief after the weekend. Temperatures reaching about 8 degrees Celsius. It's a clear, clear start to the evening, but then we've got more of that fog and frost developing, uh, fairly widespread tonight as well. Temperatures down close to freezing, and tomorrow morning that fog is likely to linger. Um, more in the way 
way of cloud generally tomorrow anyway. There will be a few sunny spells, but particularly in the afternoon, that cloud increases. And we've got outbreaks of rain coming up from the coast, but from the south coast, but probably not going to see those until after dark tomorrow with temperatures up to about 8 degrees Celsius. Wednesday, we've got patchy rain continuing and more light rain and drizzle on Thursday, but it does look drier for Friday, but becoming more breezy. That's your latest forecast. Thank you, Georgina. Your world is full of the things that are most important to you. Now the county council's wondering if it can take the buses away too by building bus tunnels underneath. From what's happening in the next street to what's happening in the next town. The fire was at its peak at around nine o'clock when there were 60 firefighters and 20 engines here. You don't want to just know about it. You want to really understand it. It's a busy road, this is, for cyclists. Do you think it should be a legal requirement that cyclists have to wear helmets? Your local news matters on BBC Local Radio, TV and online. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is okay. Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Here's the text with the rude words taken out. OK. This is from Sue in Welling Garden City. Morning, Sue. You're a naughty lady, Sue. Very naughty lady. My son at seven years old asked his stepdad what uh, well, that thing that Marsha was referring to was. Yeah. Ask your mother was the reply, so he asked me. My reply, you know the clown who blows up balloons and makes animals and hats with them? Well, that's what it is. Quick thinking, huh? That's his job, is it? It is. Blowing up balloons. Yeah. Quick thinking. You see, that's what being a parent is all about. You've got to be thinking on yeah, your feet but all the, the thing, time. The thing is, right, he's seven, but when he's like 17 or He'll 20... Give him enough respect. That is going to totally... What are you doing? You're not a clown! <laughs> Poodle. Oh, I could do a poodle and a sword. <laughs> I used to have to do a rabbit. Peter's in Walmart Green. Peter, what would you like to have a whinge about today? Well, I was wondering whether when... The talk- bad language we've had on the show. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, well, I was going to talk about the uh, pension that the money they're talking about, uh, pensions that don't need. Oh, well, that's, that's Jonathan's show. Yes, well, that's the one I was told to speak on, basically. <laughs> Well, hang on a minute. This is what's going on here. Who's told you to speak on what, Peter? Well, they're, they're, they're going to raise something about the pensioners uh, yeah. not needing the money. Yeah, that, but that's on Jonathan's show. Well, I'm sorry, but I've just been called to, to come on. Wait, no, not about the pensioners, you haven't, know. Peter. What have we got him in on? Peter, you rang us. No, no, no. I, I, then, then I've been wrong since, actually. Well, that's uh, not us. That's, on, that's not us. Tell me. Don't. We wanted you to talk about Terry. You had some very insightful points to make. We get all that, Listen, everybody that comes on our show, apart from Dennis and Dunstable, they've called us. Sometimes we call him just to make sure he's still breathing. You've, you, you called us, Peter. Don't, don't no. try <laughs> and get us embroiled in some BBC scandal of, of, of pre-ringing no, no, callers. No, not at all. There's a subject about pensioners. Yes, okay. and that's not us. Jonathan's talking about that. No, we we haven't talk- called you. Well, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You called us about terror, counter-terror. Oh, yes, and you're talking about you're talking about counter-terror. Did you, right. did you slip, slip at the weekend or something? What, what's no, going no, on, Peter? No, 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 no. I think uh, this is the start of the decline for you. When the police are talking about counter-terrorism, right, yeah. you're, first of all, yes. to, to, to see anything happening whatsoever, you just look for unusual behaviour. For example? I, I mean, for, What's an unusual behaviour? Well, if someone, if someone leaves a... Uh, 
uh, backpack or someone looking like they're doing something that's right, okay. unusual. But the, but the thing, the back, they don't leave backpacks now because it's the cult of the suicide bomber, so that's well, gone. Well, what about the, what, what's... the horses they did? Yeah, that was the IRA. Well, it don't matter. No, backpacks. it does matter because the the, 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 the the terrorists we got now, they don't leave backpacks. They no, wear them. We're talking about looking for unusual behaviour. For example... Well, any sort of unusual. For example. Behavior. Well, for instance, if you leave a free, if you Don't leave a leave car, a, yeah. If you leave a car, yeah. And you walk away from it straight away, but, leaving an unusual place. Hang on, if you leave a car and you walk away from it straight away, I think that's yeah, called parking. Yeah, an unusual place. I, I added. Well, where where would be an unusual place? Well, it could be outside a station. Well, but someone might be dropping someone off there. Yes, but if you walk away from it, you're not. Well, supposing that supposing that someone is helping out an, uh, an invalid. I'm just I'm just talking about unusual situations. Okay, so if you see someone parking outside a train station, yes, what would you do? Well, I, I would I would hesitate, but I would definitely, as a nearest policeman, I'd say that guy was probably acting suspiciously. Why would you hesitate? Seconds could call, cost lives. Well, I know, but you have to bear you have to bear in mind you've got to think about it. Why? Goodness gracious me! You're just saying why? You're, why? We're all we're all all human. Why? Oh, well, no, not why we're human. Oh, no, but yeah, but okay. So, so okay. So someone parks. So that's a very specific incident. Someone parks a car outside a train station and walks away immediately. So they don't they don't mess around. They don't yeah. you know kind of wipe it's, the it's, so mirror. There's little incidents yeah, like that. Yeah, that could that could cost lives. It's little incidents like that, really. Okay. And you, you, you would, you would, without hesitation. Sorry, with hesitation, you would go up to a copper. I'd probably go up to a copper and say, "Look, that guy's parked there, walked away immediately." You're assuming there's a copper in the immediate vicinity, Peter. Well, normally there is, right, by train stations. No. Wait, are, you, are you stuck in 1973? Maybe he means police stations. <laughs> No, I mean train stations. He meant train the stations. Big train stations. I haven't seen a copper at a train station for I don't know when. Well, go to Liberal Street, go to King's Cross, you'll see one. I know they're very rare. You but can't. You, par- you can't park outside King's Cross. Well, so there, there's no point in a copper risk. being there. They're not going to bother if you're not allowed to park there, are they? So, wait, so, <laughs> so what train stations are at risk, according to you, Peter? Well, I don't know. Generally, don't give us a list, Peter. You'll be in suspicion. <laughs> Goodness you're acting suspicious. You're acting suspicious by rambling like a lunatic. Should I phone one oh one? Well, if you like, if you like, but uh, you probably won't get a reply because we're on strike. Thank you very much, so Peter. What time are you on Jonathan's show? <laughs> yeah, when are you going to be on Jonathan's show, Peter? Uh, this morning. <laughs> okay, we look. We look forward. To, we look forward to uh, to that. the weekend. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, but people have complained that we're making night like, terrorism. But do you know what? You kind of have to a little bit, don't you? Otherwise, because I, I was upset by the expert we had on who said we're living in scary times. No, we're not. People are only scared if, if experts, in inverted commas, say things like we're living in scary times. I think we have to diffuse. There's an appropriate choice of word. You have to diffuse these situations. It would be so easy for this morning, this morning, for the three of us to scare old people, vulnerable people and kids by by being really hard line on this. And guys, we really need to keep an eye out because your next door neighbour could be making bombs right now. Do you know what they're doing? But do you? But I, whenever we do a story like this, I'm always aware I don't want to scare people. 
I don't want to terrify. We're not living in scary times. We're living in, in turbulent times. We're living in uh, strange times of where, where politics and uh, religious extremism are crossing paths. We're living in, t- living in times when people do bad things. We're not living in scary times. We're not. The, the chance of you getting blown up by a bomb, so slim. They're so slim. You've got more chance of winning the lottery, you know. Not to demean the, 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 those people that it's happened to and, and those people it will happen to, but it really upsets me when we get experts coming on. We're living in scary times. I don't think you're taking this seriously. Oh, for goodness sakes. Taking it very seriously. People who really have witnessed suspicious activity know what it is, and they would, you would think they would report it. It's this idea that it's making us be extra vigilant, extra suspicious of each other. That's what we're questioning, that's all. Lewis Hamilton won a race, and he said it's the best day of his life. Bearing in mind, just remember, he slept with a pussycat doll, and he's saying driving fast is is the best thing in his life? He's a local hero, but um, uh, why are car-driving people always so dull? Give me some examples, Ian. Okay, Lewis Hamilton... Jensen Button, no, Nigel Mansell. No. Oh, I'm sure they're. Lo- I'm sure they're lovely. Well, I'm Nigel Mansell, and I really did really well in that car race. I was driving very, very fast, you know. Oh, it scared me. I did a wee wee. I know exactly why they are slightly dull. Do you mean a wheelie? Be- I oh, did no, a wee wee. Wee- you don't want to do a wheelie in a Formula One car. No. I know why they're a bit dull. Go on. Because if you show any promise at that kind of sport from an early age, you're taken away from your books and your friends and you are made to go around and round in circles on tracks. Have a and guess. that is not going to make you into a very interesting person. Have a guess um, on how much Lewis Hamilton is worth. I like Kath's views on life. We're all worth a lot. We're all, we're oh, all she's precious. Off on, she's off on a tangent. 600 million. No. Oh, it's always it, it doesn't work if you guess too high. Oh, sorry, fiver. Sixty-eight million pounds. Oh. It doesn't work. You've de- this thing. If you play the guessing game, you've always got to guess low, lower than it should be. Otherwise, you you, you take away the um, the thrill. Not unless you're talking about a bargain. What? Not unless you're talking about a bargain. Have you, what are you? What have you both been drinking in there? Doesn't matter. We're all precious. Just remember that. That's your thought for the day. Even you, Kelly. Oh, well, thanks, man. You're welcome. Thanks. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the M1 is still looking a little bit busy, but it isn't too bad today. But southbound busy junction 10 down to 9, the bit from Luton Airport to the A5. The A1M still very slow in patches southbound, uh, particularly towards and past sort of Stevenage areas approaching, passing junctions 8 and 7. Then northbound around 6 at Welling, uh, looking rather busy. Uh, there are delays on the A5, southbound queuing uh, towards Mark Yate, northbound queuing up into Hotcliffe. Uh, plus, there are delays on the M25, certainly on the anti clockwise side, where there are queues in patches from Junction 21A at St Albans around to 16 at the M40. Uh, Russell Holding, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. I've got to say, this is going to be the best podcast ever this week. Right, that's it. That's your lot from us. Oh, podcast? Yeah, you can get the last week's podcast if you go to uh, iTunes or the BBC Three Counties website. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Justin. Do stick around listen to JVS. I think it's going to be a corker today. I'm just feeling... I felt a little bit of feist when he came in. JVS is up next. We're back tomorrow at six. Until then, ta-ta. 
Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Gosh, the pressure's on now. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, do you think most pensioners need the winter fuel allowance? Liberal Democrat Business Minister 